This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. 103 decibels, and they're just getting started as Zerline sets up for a 57-yard try to win the NFC Championship game. The hold is down, the kick clears the line, and Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! And I think the thing that's so impressive about the Patriots and and Tom obviously being a a key part of that is just their ability to consistently find a way to be their best at the most important moments. Uh, You know, you look at what they were able to do in terms of how they finished the season, then the way that they played in these two playoff games, they're the real deal. And, And he certainly is one of the best competitors of all time, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest. And they've got great players around them. They've got one of the greatest coaches of all time. And the Patriots are the real deal. Second and goal to go from the two. Allen motions left to right, then reverses direction. Brady under center. It gives to Burkett. Runs it left for the win! Touchdown, Patriots! And they're bound for Super Bowl 53! They're a well-balanced team. They have they have great players, uh, great defensive players, led by Donald. And, you know, obviously they're well-coached. Uh, golf, Gurley, good offensive line, good skill players, Cooks. Uh, Hecker's, you know, it's really a weapon. One of the, I would say, one of the most dangerous players in the kicking game in the entire football in the National Football League. Uh, obviously, a kicker, Carolina kicked a 57-yard field goal to beat the Saints. So they have great players. They're well coached. They're tough. Um, they win a lot of close games because they know how to play good situational football. I mean, they're good at everything. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Uh, welcome on in. It is the final football Sunday of the season, Super Bowl 53. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner with you for the next three hours. We'll be uh, picking games, breaking it down. We'll be telling you what everybody else... Actually, they'll be telling you who they like. Yeah. Cap and Carmen and Yurko and Jay Hood and Waddle and Sylvia will all jump on with us. And uh, you heard from Sean McVay. You heard from Bill Belichick. Hey, Sean McVay said these Patriots are the real deal. You think? You think? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, I do think. And the funny thing is, too, how about Belichick? He goes... And they got a lot of good players. He goes to Cooks, and then the, ne- the second guy he mentioned was Johnny Hecker. Yeah, the, right. The punter. So I don't think there'll be any fake punts today. And if there are, the Patriots apparently will be ready because they know who Johnny Hecker well, is. Well, no, because Belichick does this. I remember the uh, the Trubisky truthers came out of the woodwork when Belichick was like, See? See? Belichick said he's a good player. Belichick says everybody's a good player. <laughs> he says every, he knows every man on the roster, and he says they're a good player. He's not going to say, oh, no, no, we're going to go after him. He's bad. He's bad. It's almost like at the start of the season when we saw McVay list off all the Bears' defensive starters, and everyone was like, woo! That's their job! That was, wind up their skirts. How about that? That's that was, their job! That was three days of the yeah. dumbest commentary I've ever heard <laughs> on sports radio. You yeah. think he knows all the Patriots players? <laughs> I, I bet so. you he knows all the Patriots players. I, I do have to tell you, though, uh, 312-332-2776. We're not going to have a lot of time for calls, but if you have something that's really worthwhile to talk about, you can give us a call. Uh, there are a couple guys. The Tribune did a piece in the middle of the sports section today, and he said, Rams, you should know. Now, Aaron you, Donald. No, do you guys know Samson? Eb, I can't even pronounce Samson. his name. Ebacam? Samson Ebacam. Uh, I do, about I him, do now. Give me give me a blurb. He's a second-year second linebacker, been overshadowed uh, by the addition of Dante Fowler, but uh, 
Evercam, I think he's the guy that intercepted the pass at the end of the Chiefs Rams game earlier this year. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. led for a touchdown. His favorite movie is Notting Hill. He mm-hmm. likes long walks on the beach and baking cookies. We all know Tyler Higby. I don't know if you guys, how you guys know Tyler Higby, but my brothers and my nephew, we had a, uh, f- a fantasy playoff pool. And um, one of the guys, the last guy you pick in your fantasy uh, playoff pool, if that last guy scores, you, you pick like eighteen guys. Mm-hmm. If the last guy scores a point, you you know, the, whoever the, your the last guy is who scores the most points wins. Um, at least you get your money back. And one year Higby was one of the, the last really? picks, and he dropped the ball that would have gave him a touchdown in a playoff <laughs> game. And my nephew just looked at me. He just says, "Poor Higby." And we remember him ever Tyler since Higby. then. And now Tyler Higby has become a guy that catches the ball yeah. and doesn't drop the ball and is a key factor in the Rams' offense. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner is another guy that was listed here. He's got to play to Florida State, so you guys probably know him. He played in national title games for FSU. On the Patriots side, James Devlin, obviously we know him. He's the fullback. J.C. Jackson, I had no idea. He's a cornerback. He'll probably be the hero. Yeah, and... Joe Thunny is a fourth-year ah. left guard. He could often uh, see Aaron Donald. So those are some names that you may or may, you know, today if you're well, at a party and they, you go, hey, who the heck is this Joe Thunny guy? Well, now yes. you know. Yeah, well, unfortunately, I'm not going to pay too much close attention to the offensive guards. Uh, but let me you give might. you a name, guys. They may that be I, the guy I, that stops Aaron Donald. Let me give a name that maybe everyone will pay attention to today, Tom Brady. How about that? Uh, going for a sixth championship, and we take a look at the Patriots and what they've done to get to this point. Once again, uh, something that I don't think has been pointed out enough, this is their third straight Super Bowl. Yep. So that, this now puts them in the category of the 70s Dolphins, the, the 90s Bills, teams that have gone to three straight Super Bowls. And I think usually you look at a dynasty like that, and I know the Bills never won his Super Bowl, right. but I think many people, especially after that 30-30 was made, kind of look at the Buffalo Bills as a, a dynasty that just never won the championship, right? I don't think people look at this three-year span of the Patriots and say that's a dynasty because, one, they lost the Super Bowl last year. And it's not like they've blown everyone out in the regular season over the last three years. You know, the, the Patriots have found different ways to get to the Super Bowl over the course of the last three years. And that's kind of like how you describe the Brady-Belichick era. You know, over the course of the last nine years, the fact that they get to the Super Bowl so frequently, it's all about morphing into something different to, to be the best at the end. Right? Like... Throughout the regular season, they're never the best team at one thing. They're never the best team on defense or that or that, this or that or the other. They're the best at game planning and executing that game plan in a in a big spot. Yeah. That's what the Brady Belichick Patriots are to me. Well, the, the, they have seasons. There's Patriots seasons. There's September is let's doubt Brady season. Let's everybody say this is it. Sorry, the cliff. He's reached it. He's gone over the cliff. Belichick has lost it. Brady has lost it. It's the beginning of the end. Then you get to October, and it's defense season. And it's, oh, they've got the worst defense in the NFL. They can't stop anybody. Brady's got to go out there. Oh, by the way, Brady's back. In case you're wondering, Brady's back. He never left. Uh, And they have to go out, and they have to put up 40 points a game because their defense can't stop anybody. And guess what? They're they're Brady and Belichick, so they can do that because they've been able to do that every year. Then November, it's like, oh, man, the Patriots are good again. And everybody doubts them in September and October. Then November comes around, and December comes around. And everybody finally figures out, the Patriots... 
just kind of feel everybody out. And their games are like this, too. They've often started slow in Super Bowls. I yes. think last year was the only year they've scored in the first quarter of any of their Super Bowls because they feel the opponent out. They they take time and they, they learn everything about the opponent. And then when they get into the game, they relearn everything about the opponent and they take advantage of weakness. And Bill Belichick will find that singular weakness and expose it over and over and over again. If it's a bad corner, if it's a bad safety, he's going to expose that corner, that safety. If it's the run game, Tom Brady, sorry, you're done throwing for the day. We're just going to run the ball down their throat. They will find your weakness and exploit it over and over again. And that's what they've done every season. That's what they've done every game. And it is a dynasty, even if they haven't won sure. every game. Because when you go to this, it's like, it's to do the bad cross-sport uh, comparison, it's like LeBron in the finals. No one doubts LeBron is one of the best players ever because he's gotten to so many straight finals. It's like that with the Patriots. You know how hard it is to get to, just to sure. get, just to, get a to a Super, Super Bowl? Bowl? The fact that they've gotten to this point every year is crazy. So, of course, it's a dynasty. And I don't think that if, if the Patriots go out today and let's say Tom Brady just doesn't have it. Let's say he just doesn't have a good game. I don't think that's going to happen. But it's not like anybody's going to say, well, he's not the greatest quarterback ever anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think anything is going to be taken away from their dynasty if they should lose this game against the Rams. Because the Rams are also a great team. Yeah, it won't take anything away. I I think the one thing that we could see from today that maybe we could certainly take away is because we know the Patriots are great and we're not going to say they're not if they lose, is we could really anoint Sean McVay and Jared Goff as this unbelievable Mm -hmm. upstart project that turned into a team that won in their second season with a coach who's 33 and a quarterback that, quite frankly, not many people believed in. And the fact that Sean McVay, if he can get Jared Goff to win a Super Bowl in year two of his system is pretty remarkable. And you go back to the legend of John Madden and his ability to win at such a young age. And that's what we look at with Sean McVay and this Rams team. You know, they have all the swagger throughout the regular season. They were the better football team. When you look at the two coming into today's matchup, uh, you look at the fact that late in the season, they kind of fell off a little before they got back to the playoff swagger that they had. I think some of that in the NFL has to do with a team that maybe knows that they're going to make the playoffs, so they kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit as we get into the month of December. You know, no one was challenging them in their division. You know, Seattle made the playoffs, but it's not like Seattle was going to win the division. Right. Uh, it, it's it's interesting. A lot of the stats, when you break it down for the last two weeks, point to the Rams being the better football team. Now, we all know Brady's the better quarterback, and we know that the better coach is with the Patriots with Belichick as well. But I'm wondering if people have gone into this week's, especially when we really start breaking down the contest, if people have underrated how good this Rams team is because everyone goes back to the default of what Abdal just explained. They're facing a dynasty. They're facing the greatest quarterback ever. They're facing the greatest coach ever. I wonder if people are underestimating how good the Rams have been this season based on the narrative that's facing against New England. I think... I am, and part of the reasons I may be under underrating them or underlooking at them is um, that the Bears were able to shut them down, and the Bears were able sure. to stop them. And it was an offense that came in, high-powered offense and all that kind of stuff, and the Bears stopped it. We're going to talk, obviously, a lot about Super Bowl 53, but something happened last night that was nice to see as a couple of Bears actually were honored at the uh, Honors Awards and for the NFL last night. Two. 2018 AP Coach of the Year is Matt Nagy, Chicago Bears. Wow. Well, um, just being up here, I want to thank all of our players and coaches uh, for this honor. It's a humbling award. 
It's one that, uh, you know, a reflection of our Chicago Bears family. Um, and really, this, this represents all of us. You know, we always talk about it being a, a me award. This is a we award. This is about all of us together, our team, our organization, our, our coaches, our support staff, the entire organization, Palace Hall, um, committed to building a culture, focusing on a family environment, uh, positive energy, competition, and more importantly, having fun. Uh, I was so proud of our players uh, for trusting the process, believing in, in everything we do, the challenging times, letting their personality show, uh, and just being themselves. Uh, we, we talked all year long from OTAs to our final playoff tough loss that we had uh, about uh, obsessing to be the best. And uh, I, I thought our players and our coaches did that. We didn't reach our ultimate goal, but in the end, uh, it, it's, a, it's a step for us. It's a step for our future. Uh, I'm going to just give a couple thank yous here. I want to thank our owner, Mrs. Virginia McCaskey, uh, for all her support. There's, I gotta, there's nothing better than getting on that airplane and seeing her smile after a road victory. It's the best thing ever. Uh, and I mean that. Um, and, and I also appreciate her uh, giving some some push and some support for that guy named Khalil Mack. Uh, we appreciate that. Um, thank you to George McCaskey, Ted Phillips, and uh, Ryan Pace for, for bringing me into this organization, as well as the rest of my, uh, my family uh, and friends from all over the, the country. Uh, to my four boys back home who are watching, Braden, Tate, Jackson, and Jet, uh, it's never easy being a coach's kid, uh, and, and I, I, uh, I just I appreciate all their support always being there through me, uh, with me through the highs and the lows. And uh, even at times, uh, I really appreciate all of their, their uh, post-game advice and questioning in the car rides home. Uh, so thank you. I love you guys. And then last but not least, to, to uh, Stacy, my high school uh, sweetheart, my amazing wife is 17 years today, uh, and my rock. So thank you. Um, you know, it's... it's uh, it's, we, we cut the vacation short to come here uh, on our anniversary, so she's, uh, she's a huge part of this, and she's a team player, and I appreciate that. So, uh, happy anniversary. Uh, you're the definition of being a good teammate and uh, cutting our vacation short. So, thanks to everybody. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. I, I love Matt Nagy saying his uh, four sons in his postgame questioning uh, when they get in the car on the ride home. Could you imagine after the Philadelphia game? <laughs> hey, hey, Dad, why did you guys not cut Parky earlier? Well, he answered that in that question. Remember, this award is a we thing. <laughs> yeah, It's not a me thing, uh, yeah. Coach yeah. of the Year. So yeah. there you go. Well, you know, we've got a lot of predictions to be uh, handed out, a lot of predictions. You can take what you want from each one as you form your prediction for what's going to happen today. For the first one, we go to, obviously, the guy that starts our day, 9 o'clock, Cap and Company, David Kaplan, joining us right here on ESPN 1000. Cap, what's up? How you guys doing? Good morning. Happy Super Bowl Sunday to everybody. You too. And um, we wanted to get your pick. And obviously you've talked all week long about it. You've talked for the last couple of weeks, as everybody else has, about the Super Bowl. Any couple of keys that you see going into this game before you give your prediction? Yeah, I really think it's a huge key for the Rams. One, that Jared Goff doesn't turn the football over with you know, some stupid decisions trying to take shots down the field to pile up points early. That's one. Two, I think it's really important that Ndamukong Sue plays an amazing game. Uh, I look at this whole thing, and I think they're going to obviously double-team Aaron Donald, as the Bears did. Uh, that cold night in Chicago, Sue wasn't great. Their defense was okay. Mitch was terrible. So it all played together. Here you're going up against Tom Brady. 
the GOAT. So I really think Ndamukong Su can have a big game. I do. I think he could play exceptionally well. And if he does and Goff doesn't turn it over, I actually think the Rams win this game by double digits. Now, Cap, if the Rams win this game, how do you see this playing out? Do you see, because I'm, I'm with you, I think the Rams win today, but I think the way they have to win is by getting a lead early and putting points on the board in the first quarter and jumping on the Patriots. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, I'm right with you, Chris. We talked about it on the show this week together. If you look up and they are 17-3 in the hole, they're in big trouble because New England doesn't self-destruct to let you back in games. You're going to have to try and score early, get a couple hits on Brady, who has not been touched this postseason. So if they can do that, come down the field, get a touchdown, come down the field, get a field goal, pile up points. And if you get a look for Greg the leg to make a field goal that, you know, not some stupid 60-yarder, but you're at Fourth and two, take the points. You've got to pile up points against this Patriot team. So I actually think it's a fairly high-scoring game. I'm not that impressed with the Patriot defense. Obviously, Tom is great. Julian Edelman's awesome. But I think that front seven for L.A. is going to come to play today. And if they can control Sony Michelle and James White, they can get to Brady and they can win this game. You know, I'm going to call it 38-24, my final. Cap, you're a guy that likes to uh, gamble a little bit. I think you've, you've mentioned it a time or two on the show. Oh, not me. <laughs> um, where are you putting your money today? What's up? Uh, some prop bets. Where are you sprinkling your cash today? Uh, I threw a little bit on will there be a successful two-point conversion. So I have a little bit on that. I have MVP bets on Greg Zerline and Dominic Sue, Aaron Donald, and Robert Woods. One of those four. I get pretty good payouts on all of them. Uh, I really think Sue has a chance. If they indeed, as I keep hearing, are going to double Brandon Cooks and double Aaron Donald, that opens things up for me to have a shot at Robert Woods, who they run on the jet sweep if he was to break one. Robert Woods going deep, and Sue maybe forcing a fumble or two, getting a sack or two, and all of a sudden you go, wow, they ran the football well enough to get the end, get in the end zone. Jared Goff threw a touchdown or two, but the star of the game was in Dominic Sue at 80-1. to Cap, as we let you go, uh, any surprise to you that not only the Matt Nagy was named Coach of the Year in the uh, honors night, but uh, the Assistant Coach of the Year, Vic Fangio? Yeah, that didn't surprise me when you coordinate a group that is the number one defense in the league, and you've been around 30-some years, and I don't believe he's ever won that honor before. Uh, Yeah, I thought it was well-deserved for Vic Fangio, obviously well-deserved for Matt Nagy. The only guy I thought that, you know, got... And they didn't give it out yesterday. They gave it out a few weeks ago. I thought Ryan Pace was clearly the executive of the year because Chris Ballard did a great job in Indy. But let's not forget he was taking over a team that people predicted to have a pretty solid season with Andrew Luck back. He did a good job in the draft. But Ryan Pace took over a team by his own making, was 14-34 and 34 for three years, hired the right coach, hit a home run on every single signing in free agency except his kicker. Uh, so I would have given it to him, but... You know, Chris Ballard also a very deserving candidate. I love the accept the kicker. Uh, Cap, <laughs> Cap, enjoy the game. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. You guys have a great day, and I'll see you soon. See you, Cap. David Kaplan <laughs> with his uh, prediction. Uh, he's got thirty-eight twenty-four Rams. The one thing that he mentioned, and even if if you know the Rams get out to an early lead, which mm-hmm. uh, obviously people say, well, you're the Patriots, you don't want to fall behind, but. We we have seen what the Patriots do at Super Bowls when they are behind. 
as soon as you guys mentioned, I think it was Adam talking about it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at, you know, in my head, Matt Ryan was holding his hand up. I can tell you what happens when you have a big lead, and yeah. you know you got to protect that lead. You got to sure. go on out and score, and um, you know we know a lot about what happened there in that game with twenty-eight to three at half, and all of a sudden bad things happened in the second half for Atlanta. So this Patriots team, they can win. Some of the numbers about what Tom Brady can do—it's crazy. It's like he he needs to taste his own blood first. <laughs> And then he starts to get going. I know what numbers yeah. you're going to read. I've seen them. Well, and, uh, and it's these, like he needs to get punched in the face first. And then he's like, oh, okay. These are other ones based on the Super Bowl, okay? He could tie. And I bet, I'll bet you almost nobody else would know this. Um, if you're not a, a diehard fan or you in, in the stats. But Brady would break a tie with, you guys know the player who's got the most Super Bowl titles along with Brady? Two guys Is share it, the title. Uh, Charles Haley? Yeah. Charles Haley. And Charles Haley, there's great stories about Charles Haley. Some of them I don't even want to tell on a Sunday morning because some of the things he did when he was with the 49ers. Something about someone's shoulder? No? Uh, something about somebody's uh, convertible. Okay. okay. And, uh, yeah, he was happy. The, win- the windows were down and uh, the top was down and he didn't have to worry about rolling anything down to do what he was going to do. Um, but the Patriots, remember the phrase, it was always one for the thumb, okay, because yes. the team has got, okay, well, Brady's already got five. What are we, what are we calling this one now? Because if he wins a six, oh. what is it? Second, oh, okay. The second hand. hand. I see what you're going. With. Yeah, second hand. <laughs> I thought, I thought you got you a second, second hand. I thought Fred was going with something else yeah. there. You, right, got, okay. you got 15 more right. digits on your hands and feet before right. you have to go anywhere I else. I thought you were trying to make. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, comparing to uh, Charles Haley. No, no, okay. no, no, no. Not, right. not, um, not tying that. But yeah. Brady and Belichick, the oldest quarterback coach duo <laughs> in Super Bowl history, 107 years combined. Goff and McVeigh, the youngest quarterback and coach duo. How old are you two guys? 34. 33. Yeah, I know. I'm, I, my life is pathetic yeah, compared uh, to uh, yeah. McVay. Well, all of ours is. I'm older than, yeah. than McVay by Sh- a year. Sean McVay, 33 yeah. years old. He just and, turned 33, yeah. too. Like How this, pathetic like, is this that? Week. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Here. And yeah. you look at the rest of the league, though, and that's, this has come up with you know some of the Rooney rule and a lot of the other things, but you see some of the other coaches that are getting brought in. I think Cliff Kingsbury's 38. You got 37 year old guys. You got a bunch of young, offensive minded guys being brought in. And then Denver brings in Vic Fangio. Yeah. So, well, it, I mean, a lot of teams have been hiring guys who are just on McVeigh's text chain. Right. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they're buddies with him. So let's hire him. That, that's not how it's going to work because what you'll see is Arizona will probably hire a new coach in three years or less. Yeah. Right. Like after Cliff Kingsbury burns out there. Mm-hmm. You know, all these guys that got the gigs this way, they, it's not going to work. Well, Matt it, LaFleur it's a is going into the pack. Well, and then you can see someone like Vic Fangio maybe sticking around or or even uh, isn't Miami going to hire uh, a defensive minded coach from the Patriots? Uh, Brian Flores. A, yeah, Flores. Yeah. So like I, those are the guys that will work out in the fad coaches that that are, are hip for owners to hire because they want the next McVay. You know that that's not going to work out. And in five years, we're going to look back and be like, look how silly these teams were. Um, well, the Rams quarterback coach it when this is over goes to the goes yeah. to the Bengals, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, so Cap uh, mentioned some uh, odds to win MVP and what he's putting his money on. So, I want to ask you guys a couple of questions about that. What is your strategy when you do this? Because I like what Cap was saying. Cap has a couple of long shots. I think that's what Super Bowl Sunday is all about. Put some money on some long shots and hope you hit a lottery ticket, right? Because I think that's what Cap's telling us when he's putting money down on the kicker. Right, like no yeah. kicker is going to win MVP unless, unless the Rams like... only score points by field goal right. and he wins the game-winning kick. Right? Even, even then, 
he won't get it. Yeah, He'll right. give it then, to a defensive, oh, defensive player. player. Oh, right. def- a, a kicker will never yeah. win a Super Bowl MVP. So, so if never. you look at the odds, here's how I think of it. And Abdallah, I want to I want to get your opinion on this. It, it is most likely that one of the two quarterbacks will win, right? False. So Brady or Goff. Okay, well, listen, hear me out. So if you're playing all the long shots, do you also put a chunk of change on each quarterback to then try and make up the money that you're going to lose on all the long shots? I think if the he, I I look at it based you see on what I'm the saying? way because yeah. back up your because back like, up your yeah. like I yeah. love uh, you he, want, for example someone I'm going to put money on today will be uh, Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods at plus five thousand is interesting because he might be not only a wide receiver who'll get a lot of catches. You'll say, oh, but what about Jared Goff? He'll get the MVP if he gets the catches. Robert Woods can also throw the ball and. He could he do a jet sweep. Right. So so someone like Robert Woods is intriguing to me, but do I also cover my back by putting a little something on Jared Goff to make sure that if all the long shots fall through, I've got both quarterbacks covered. Now, Brady is at plus one, uh, 140, so you're not going to make a whole lot if he wins MVP. And then uh, Jared Goff's at plus two, 250. So what, what's your theory there? My theory is I look at it the way I think the game is going to play out. If the Patriots win, it's going to be Tom Brady. Basically, like that's enough said. Tom Brady's going to win the MVP if the Patriots win because they're going to have to put up points against the Rams. Mm-hmm. If the Rams win the game, I don't know if I might be wrong, but I don't know if Goff can do it by himself. So that's why I would look for a Todd Gurley. I would look for CJ Anderson or I would look for one of the defensive players like Aaron Donald or Dominican Sue. That's the way I look at it because I don't see a scenario where a pa- the Patriots win it with defense and I don't see a scenario where the Rams win with Jared Goff. I could be wrong, but I think the running backs for the Rams are a better play than Jared Goff. When we come back, Fred, I have the latest lines. If you're shopping around this morning, we'll give you where all the different lines and the movement have uh, been this morning as we head into the Super Bowl. Also, we have Colin Wilson from the Action Network going to join us around 1030 with some prop bets and some other things as you get ready for Super Bowl 53. It is Black Abdallah Hubner. We're here till noon on ESPN 1000. See Chicago's game day only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. It is Super Bowl 53 later on today, 5.30 kick. I think it's 5.30, 5.40 right around there. And uh, people will be getting geek, geeked up about not only the game, but I know for years uh, people would sit and watch the commercials. There'd be commercial breakdowns and a lot of those commercials actually came out a day earlier, a couple days earlier, and then online so that people can be excited about them. I don't know. I kind of think that ruins the whole thing. But then again, who am I? Uh, Black and Abdallah here uh, along with me uh, for the three-hour show. We've, we already heard from Cap. He made his prediction. We'll hear from Carmen a little bit later on this hour. Yurko next hour along with Jay Hood and Waddle and Sylvie in the 11 o'clock hour. And... Um, we're going to get to the the thing you guys were talking. You both mentioned Todd Gurley, and I'm I'm thinking he is going to have a big game. And I know that sounds like it sounds simple to mention to Todd Gurley, but after last uh, week, the last game actually, and him not doing much, and people questioning if he was hurt or what it is, 
I think Todd Gurley's going to have a have a really good game today, and uh, and both C.J. Anderson. I think both of them will. Um, and I think that the 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 Rams are going to concentrate so much on getting to Tom Brady that I think the running game for the Rams is actually going to be a big help. To I still I still think the Patriots are going to win, but I think Gurley's going to have a big game. Well, I, I can add some stats to to back up that opinion, Fred, because if you take a look at the Rams' offense on the season. They were the number one team in DVOA rushing the football offensively in the NFL. The best team at running the football yeah. in the NFL. A lot of that has to do with their offensive line. The Patriots on defense against the rush in DVOA ranked 19th in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for a matchup where the game could definitely turn, it would be the offensive line from the Rams controlling the game and allowing those running backs, C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley, to rack right. up the yardage, thus keeping the ball out of Tom Brady's hands. Which is why I like one of my uh, two favorite bets today are C.J. Anderson or Todd Gurley to score the first touchdown. Uh, Todd Gurley is 7-1 to and C.J. Anderson is 10-1 to to score the first touchdown of the game. So I think that if the Rams get the ball first or even if they get if they uh, defer and get the ball second they're going to want to keep the ball out of the greatest quarterback of all times hands control the clock obviously that's that's how you win football games and use their running game like chris gave the stats and when they get down in the end zone they're just going to keep feeding them if they can so cj anderson or todd Gurley, you know a lot of that has to do with the fact that the patriots are second in the nfl in time of possession yeah Mm -hmm. This season, so if you keep the ball out of their hands, you can dictate policy to them. Otherwise, you're going to see what the Patriots have done in the playoffs: is they go on these long scoring drives, they either run the ball or they're or they're dink and dunk down the field. Tom Brady will just find the open man, and they go on these sustained long drives, which hurts the offense of your team and also wears down your own defense. And then when you get to the fourth quarter. You're on the field so long, it's tough to win the football game. Uh, for we also uh, teased before the break. Yeah. The current lines uh, crossed uh, Vegas and online. If you're shopping around this morning at the Westgate, the line is two and a half to favor the Patriots. At Caesars, it's two and a half. Uh, William Hill, it's two and a half. The Patriots as a favorite online at Sportsbook, it's two and a half. The Patriots as a favorite. And if you're shopping around and you want that key number of three. It's currently on Bovada. Mm-hmm. The Rams are plus three. The Patriots minus three on Bovada. So if you're looking for that key number of three and Some you're trying to bet, stuff, right? bet the game. Yeah, so the Rams at plus three is minus 130 on, on Bovada. The Patriots minus three is minus 110. So, yeah, it, it's... Not in your favor, but if you really want the minus three or the plus three in that situation, uh, that's the spot online where you can find that. Otherwise, everywhere else at the moment is two and a half. And I'll tell you right now that 72% of the bets are coming in on the Patriots and 71% of the money. So even share of money and bets coming in on the Patriots. The Patriots, everybody knows it opened at a pick them and it went all or and minus one at some places and all the way to minus two and a half or three for the Patriots. So So a lot of money came in the moment the line open yeah. for the, for those who don't know is the moment it opened this is what vegas said the line will be and then all this money piled in on the patriots and then they had to adjust right. it well the rams were the so favorite because yeah, the rams right. were the favorite they at were. the opening at the opening yeah line. they were and then all the money came in and right. it turned the patriots into the favorites so i i think if you're maybe a novice to it or if you don't really gamble that much you look at it, you're like oh well the patriots are the favorite team well actually when the line opened vegas was telling you that the rams were the better team and then the money changed and that that's why you have the number you have heading into the game today. You guys brought up a good point, I thought, the other day, um, talking about the coin toss. Um, and I was sitting around listening, and the one thing I can predict 
is, and I understand what you guys were saying. I think it was you that was saying that if the Rams win the coin toss, they should take the ball and not defer because the other teams that have deferred and give the Patriots the ball, they go on like you were just saying, Tom Brady with the long drives and things like that. The one thing I can guarantee you is if that the, if the Rams take the ball, the kickoff's going to land at about the seven because Belichick is one of the first guys to have his kicker kick the ball short because Belichick realized, why am I going to kick the ball in the end zone and give them the 25-yard line? Mm -hmm. We don't want to do that. You kick the ball short, you force them to return it. It's a little bit higher. The odds are they won't get to the 25. And if they're returning it, there's also a good chance there's going to be a block in the back. They started at their own 7, their own 10, something like that. So that is a thing that the special teams really has to figure out because there's nothing you want least than starting the game with the ball at your own seven or at your own ten. So special teams is going to be huge at the very beginning of the game. A lot of times people are getting, they're just getting adjusted or getting their favorite seat. Mm -hmm. They're sitting down, they're getting their plate of whatever they're eating. They got their beverage. They go, here's the opening kick. Pay attention if the Patriots are kicking off because it's going to be short and that could be a big dictator of what's going to happen in this game. Yeah, usually the Patriots have the edge in the special teams game. Uh, DVOA, when you look at special teams from football outsiders, the Rams are ranked 17th on this season. The Patriots are ranked 16th. So they're a lot alike. Um, the one thing I point out, Freddie, is well, like... the Jody Hecker thing kind of helps, you know, yeah, he's got the special teams thing going. Sure, mm -hmm. and when you take a look at if they get the ball in their end zone, how do they start? Like, does McVay then become conservative if they get the ball back in their end, like at the 10-yard line right. and not at the 30 or the 35 or wherever they return it out to or wherever they start the possession? Because I think that's a part of the key is if the Rams get the ball early... Do they establish the run and are okay going three and out and giving the ball right back to the Patriots? Or do you see the same offense you've seen all year long from the Rams and using the play-action pass to then implement the run game and vice versa and use the jet sweeps? And maybe you see a 25-yard pass deep in to Robert Woods to start the game. Maybe you see Brandon Cooks going over the middle to start the game. And then you see a Todd Gurley being having the ability to open up some space and right. get out there on second, third down. It, it'll be fascinating to see the chess game between Belichick and McVay because I, I think if you play conservatively in the first quarter, you're playing into Belichick's hands. I think if you try and dictate the game to him, I think that's where you have the best shot to win. And And we all know how the Patriots will play it. I don't think McVay is going to play conservatively. Yeah, that's see, not his it, style. And exactly. I think what will happen is they're going to come out aggressive. Like that that's how this Rams team got here and that's how they play. And you know, go back to even the Dallas game. They hit the Cowboys in the mouth in that playoff game. Yeah. And, and and they dictated the policy to the Cowboys from the start. And the Cowboys could never make up any ground defensively or mm -hmm. offensively in that contest. Yeah, and I think that it, the way you look at the way Sean McVay has handled games this postseason, and if you look at the way that the Patriots have come back, especially you talk about the Falcons and you talk about games where they've lost, you, I don't think McVay's not going to take his foot off the gas. Like this is a, this is, there's no, uh, respect points here if you, if you start running the ball because you're up 21 or whatever. I think you score as much as possible. The over under opened at 58 and a half. It's down to 56 and a half or 56 in some places right now. So money coming in on the, it's about 50, 50% of the bets on the over, 50% of the bets on the under and, uh, 50% of the money, uh, same, the, the same thing, uh, on the over and the under. So, uh, it's kind of, um, 
I think it's going to go over. I think there's going to be a lot of points scored, despite the two teams having very good defenses. I think you're going to see maybe if you wanted to take an under, maybe the first quarter, just because of the history of the Patriots struggling in the first quarter and kind of feeling out how the game is. If there's going to be points scored in the first quarter, I think it's going to be the Rams. Um, as far as who's going to take or defer or, or not defer, I think you still use the the policy of deferring and you try to get the ball twice. That's you, what I would still You try do. to get the yeah. two for one. I know it's just, but you don't, I don't think okay, you go but, away but from isn't what Isn't that you what do. took place against Kansas City and then the Patriots went on what, a seven and a half minute, an eight minute drive to you start got, the game? You got to count on your defense. Your best yes, player didn't the, get on the field until the Rams until defense is a lot the different than the over. Chiefs defense. No, I, I understand that, but I it's tough to. The, I don't think the defense for the Rams. I don't think they're going to be able to shut down Tom Brady and the Patriots. Therefore, the way to win isn't going to be playing great defense. Uh, hopefully, they can make a play late to to seal a victory. But I don't think we're going to see a game where it's lights out defense from the Rams and the Patriots' offense is struggling. Mm-hmm. I think the Patriots are going to score points. So if you're the Rams, you're going to have to do the same. Like. I don't think we're going to see from the Rams what we saw against the Saints, where they gave up the 13 points early, but they basically shut down that Plus, Saints offense the rest of the game and allowed their offense to hang in there. Can I just say something from uh, it's kind yes, of a football perspective? Yeah, it's, right it's, it's, it's a non Yeah, I know. I hate I hate it when people say that. I can't believe I just said that too. <laughs> that's okay. It's even worse when you say I got a question for you. Yeah, yeah well, of course. That's what we're doing here. Yeah. Ask me, a question, here, sir. Here, here's my advice to you at your Super Bowl party, your shindig, whatever you want to call it, your get together, your festivities. Don't be the guy that has the under. Nobody likes that guy. Well, yeah, what, nobody uh, likes that guy. Who is this PSA no, for? Nobody likes that Six guy people because in this some country. Fifty percent of the people are betting the under, Chris. Are they really? The stats that's are there. Crazy. Fifty percent of the people at parties will have the under. That's crazy. That's what people. That's what the, the numbers are telling You're right. you. There's nothing worse yeah. than someone sitting there yelling to not stop for them. no scoring. Stop them. Yeah. I have the under. I have the under. Shut up. Nobody likes you. Yeah, the nerd at the okay. slumber party. Nobody yeah. likes you. Betting Bet the, the under over. On the Super points, Bowl. points, 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 points. Bet the over. We're going to talk to Carmen in a second. Quickly, let's grab a call real quick and go to Rolling Meadows. John, what's your prediction for the game? Hey, first of all, guys, happy uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Um, my prediction is I, I think the Patriots will win it late. I think Brady, they'll get the ball late in the game. Brady will do one of his drives. He'll pull the Rams offside a couple of times with his cadence. The, the reason I called, if the Rams cannot get a pass rush up the middle on Brady, if Brady stays clean, he'll find a way to win this game. they got to make him uncomfortable in the pocket. If you try to pass rush him around end, he gets rid of the ball so quick you won't even smell him. If you don't get to him up the middle, you're not going to get to him because that line will keep him clean. Yeah, that's one of the big things, John. We appreciate the call. I bet one, Brady smells good, too. One of the keys, oh, I'm sure he does. Uh, does he have his own fragrance? One of the key stats is that he has not been sacked in the two playoff games. And I don't know if you knew this one. The O-line has allowed just five sacks. Since week 11, the week 11 bye. But how many pressures have they allowed is what I want to know. Because pressures can still rattle a quarterback. Well, he, he hasn't been rattled, too rattled in the, in the last No, 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 he years. hasn't. He hasn't. Yeah. But it, this is a different – these are two different animals. Uh, Aaron Donald and Dominican Sue are two completely different animals than what he than what Tom Brady's used to seeing and what these, these offensive linemen are used to seeing. These are two – this is the – 
best defensive player in the NFL yeah. and one of the top defensive players in the NFL. And a guy who's trying now when he wasn't trying during the regular yeah, season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So let's. I mean, this is a uh, those. The those are, who you're talking about, yes. right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Like those. Like yeah. The, the offensive line is great for the Patriots, but this is this is something they haven't seen before. Yeah. Uh, this guy has seen it all. He's been around for almost all the Super Bowls. Well, almost all of them. He came in and went right around Super Bowl. Well, you were probably around for all of them as we go to our, we go to Carmen, Carmen Yurko's show. Carmen, what's up? What's up, boys? I missed uh, 10 of them, I guess, right? I'm 42. Okay. Close. Yeah, yeah, 10 or 11. You you missed a few. <laughs> you, you missed, you missed some good ones. When, you missed some good ones with Hank Stram just wanting the guys to matriculate oh, the ball yeah. downfield. <laughs> You know, absolutely. Yeah, I, I did. I missed. I missed a great Terry Bradshaw seventies run. Um, <laughs> I, I was. I mean, like it's crazy to think how young I still was, even when the Bears won. I mean, sure. Well, you know what else yeah. is? You know what else is crazy too? We've been fortunate because over the last, I'm trying to look here, the last six, seven, eight Super Bowls have been really good. There was a stretch there, Carmen. I know you know this. There was a stretch there where the Super Bowl games were awful. There were yeah, huge blowouts, and it was awful games. For years, I would just wish for a close game, just a competitive game, because obviously almost every time the Bears were not participating. So you wanted a right. close, interesting game, and we've gotten that. We've been almost spoiled over the last several years, and I think that shows the parity in the league that this makes each and every Super Bowl this this interesting. There were a lot of dog games in the 90s, it's true. I mean, after Buffalo's first one, you know, the Norwood miss, that was a good game, obviously, with the Giants. But after that, like, you know, they mostly got blown out, especially a couple times by Dallas. Yeah, I remember, and I know, Freddie, you'll remember the uh, the Charger. Right. Uh, the Charger, uh, that, I mean, they got absolutely annihilated. Yeah, you know? Niners-Chargers. Really, the Niners just, just destroyed them. It was never close. So there, there were a lot of... There were a lot of dog games, like, through the 90s and in the early 2000s. Um, you know, Tampa's win was blow, it was a blowout because of all the, the stuff that happened with uh, the Oakland the night before. And um, So, yeah, there were a lot of dog games. It's been, it's been much better recently. Carm, when you take a look at this matchup, which specific matchup are you looking forward to most between these two ga- teams? Funny, Chris, because like in a league that is all about passing, we talk about it so much. Like the way the running games might factor in tonight is uh, sort of ironic in a way. I mean, uh, I mean, both these teams have run the ball a lot in the playoffs. If you start going through the numbers, I mean, the Patriots are, you know, they're getting their running backs involved at a ridiculously high clip. And ESPN stats and info had that nugget earlier in the week about. Uh, the usage rate of the running backs for the Patriots is like the fourth highest of any playoff team uh, over the last, I think, 17 seasons. So, you know, when they lost Josh Gordon, they really lost that. And because Gronk's just not the same, they, they lost any sort of real ability to stretch the ball down the field. And so what do the Patriots do better than anybody else? They kind of adapt and adjust. And it's all it's been about running the ball and using Gronk as an extra blocker. And then, you know, the quick passing game, getting James White involved and, we know what the Rams can do on the ground. I think Gurley's going to be a much bigger factor than he was uh, two weeks ago in the NFC Championship game. So I think it's going to be, you know, believe it or not, I mean, we all we talk about is how it's a pass-happy league. I, whoever probably does a better job at controlling the line of scrimmage and running the football has, has a real good shot. But I think you're going to get a heavy dose of the run out of both teams tonight, especially out of the Patriots. So we had Cap on earlier, and now I've, I've kind of figured out the flow of how these are going to go. Uh, Fred's going to bring you in and ask you a question about the game. Chris is going to ask <laughs> you your favorite matchup. And then I'm going to ask the question of how you're sprinkling your money around uh, this afternoon. Yes. 
I like it. <laughs> I've got, I've got, you know, I when the line opened and then it quickly last Sunday as I was watching it went out to the Patriots minus one. I just quickly jumped in. I'm like, I knew where it was going to go, and I'm like, I'm getting Patriots minus one right now. So that's the bet I made. Uh, I don't feel great about it. I will say that if you look at the last ten years, we were talking about how these have been pretty good lately. The last ten Super Bowls, one game went off as a pick 'em. I think it was the Pats. Seahawks game was actually a pick So we have nine spreads to look at over the last 10 Super Bowls, and the underdog is 7-2 and two against the spread. And there's like, I think, four or five outright wins in there. This has been a game for the underdog. Um, so that might sell people or convince people to get in on the Rams as a small dog. You're not going to get much on the money line. I, I was just looking. I think it's about plus 112 right now. I've got a few props out there. I don't go crazy with the prop bets. There's just too many, and it's too overwhelming. And before you know it, you could have $300 with a prop bet. I, I just I used to be more into them, and I'm not as much anymore. Um, I've got a few that I like. I, I actually like the Josh Reynolds total uh, for the over. I mean, ever since Cooper Cup's injury, like, He's kind of been the other guy they go to if they can't find Cooks. Um, he's had – his total is well, – I might have gone up now, but I had it at 49.5. And, and, I mean, he's gone over that in three of their last five games. He's easily gone over that. So, I think mean, he could be in line for a decent day. I think Gurley factors more than he did. Like I said, I think his total, which has come down a little, is his over total is probably a good one. Good article this morning at 538 about a glass night going over the total if you want to get your feet wet on that one. But I've got just a few prop bets that I'll play. And then I've got all these squares, too. It's like, how much money can you have invested in one game, right? I've got, I'm in, like, three different squares pools. I'm in a line pool. I mean, you know, there comes a point where you just say, all right, that's right, I've got enough out there. Let's just enjoy the game now, and hopefully we win a little bit. Well, you know, and if you got strip cards at, at, your, at the party, you're, then you're in trouble, yeah. too. That's a lot of exposure. Yeah. A lot of exposure. Yeah, yeah a strip pole, line pole. We call them line pole strip cards. Okay. Like Freddie said, my, I, I'm in one of the like group of guys in the neighborhood. We've, we've been doing it all through the playoffs. You know, I'm in, I'm in that. I'm in like three different <laughs> squares pools. It's like, when does it end? I, you know, it's, uh, I got a lot of exposure out there. Like you said, Chris, I want to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your, what's your pick for the final? I'm going to pick, uh, a, you know, I, I do think it'll be close. Uh, I'm going to pick Patriots 27, Rams 24. Um, you know, it might be, who knows, it's so hard to predict these things. Who could have ever imagined last year would have gone the way it did? Uh, or a couple years ago, the crazy comeback for New England. I mean, who knows? That's a pretty safe pick. But, um, yeah, I'll pick the Patriots. And, you know, I, even if even though I don't, feel great about it. I'm not totally convinced. Um, and if you look at a lot of the metrics, it tells you that the Rams are the better team. Like most of the most of the Vegas odds makers and their power numbers knew the Rams were the better team. They just, you know, they, they are always looking to balance the kind of exposure they have. So that's why the Rams probably didn't open as a bigger favorite. They knew the Patriots uh, would quickly be bet uh, as the favorite. But I think a lot of the numbers tell you the Rams are better. I'll roll with Belichick and Brady tonight, though, and what's probably going to be a close game. So we'll see. I wanted to make sure you were on the the phone for this because I know you love weird stats like this. Yes. So since the inception of the college football playoff, Alabama and the Patriots have alternated championships every single mm-hmm. year <laughs> since 2014. <laughs> 
So Ohio State won in 2014. The Patriots won the Super Bowl. In 2015, Alabama won. The Broncos won. In 2016, Clemson won. The Patriots won. Last year, Alabama won. The Eagles won. This year, Clemson won. So... It's the Patriots' turn. It's again. the Patriots' year. I'm that, telling you. That, I did now. That's one I had not heard yet. In <laughs> all of my research and all this stuff that I have seen the last two weeks, I haven't seen that one. Good one, Abdallah. I like it. Now, now maybe you, I feel a little bit better about Pat. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say now you can feel better about your Patriots minus one. Maybe. Yeah. Karma, yep. enjoy the game. We'll talk to you later. All right. You guys too. See you later. See you, Carm. Carmen DeFalco. He got. He's got his pick in uh, twenty-seven, twenty-four. So he's got the under also. Yeah, he does. You know, uh, you guys point out guy. all these numbers, and it's a, <laughs> it's a game for the underdog over the course of the last ten years. Yeah. To me, when I hear Carmen say that, and we think about it, doesn't that just mean that the public is dumb? Yeah. No, no. Because think about it. we have two weeks to to look at these games, and if the underdog is consistently winning, it's because the public is in so much infatuation with one team that you have an underdog who may actually be the better team, and that's why they come out. Were the on Patriots top. the dog when they won in twenty sixteen? Well, I mean, he said out out of ten years, okay. one was a pick'em, so you wipe okay. that away. All right, and then out of the nine, what they went seven and two was okay. the stat. So maybe they were one of the two. Well, I, I mean, think that just doesn't the it Patriots... go back to what we talk about each and every week in the NFL season that most of these teams are pretty much even. Yeah. So if you can get points in a good spot, that's what you should go well, with. And it's if that's the Super Bowl; they should be pretty even. Well, y- yes, but sometimes it's not. I sometimes know. the way they get and, to the Super and the Bowl Patriots is different. are a super public team. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that's my point. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we're going to take a break. We come back. We'll talk more, obviously, about the big game. We'll grab a call or two that people are hanging on. Also, we'll talk to Yurko. Colin Wilson from the Action Network will join us around 1030. Jay Hood around 1045. It's Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Welcome on in. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner. Super Bowl 53, the Patriots and the Rams. I'm just so happy the Rams are wearing the uh, blue and yellow because that'll look so cool Those are on the awesome. field. Those are awesome. Yeah, they're very, very cool. Like You should have to wear your cool. Like If the Chargers ever make the it, cool you should have to oh, wear the powder the blues. Powder blue. Yeah. 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 Be, well, the Bears wear orange, right? No. <laughs> Oh, no, please no. Let's not do that. Uh, you stick to the Navy, right? The Navy and sure, the, sure. the white pants. To, yeah. yeah. Uh, so remove the Bears from this conversation because I think most of us would all say that that's the best uniform in the NFL. This Rams yellow and blue uniform, the throwback uniform, that's that's the second best, right? Like, like it's if you remo- close. If you remove I, the Bears, this Rams I, outfit that they're going to wear today, that's the best uniform I in like the league. I like the Chargers. I'm gonna go. I the like the, blue I like the, the powder. It's still good. Still good. I like, yeah. the I like the powder blue. I've always liked the dolphins. Dolphins, good. Yeah, uh, the old because school you got the or- with the orange piping and yeah. everything else. And, That's good. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love the orange piping. Yeah, uh, the Niners have changed theirs a few years. The Niners have changed theirs a couple times. Um, the best Niner uniform was the shadowed numbers. Yes. I agree. That's, the, the that was throwback one. Of, one. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was a cool one. Uh, there's a lot of the, all the Seahawks uniforms are all, all pretty cool. And when I first saw them, I, I didn't like them. And the more I looked at them, the more I go, these. these. Yeah, it's, a sol- it's a solid uniform yeah. for a newer right. uniform. Usually the new uniforms mm-hmm. aren't as. Uh, like Denver's boring. Denver uniforms yeah. are my. Well, boring. Denver should go back to the old helmet, too. 
the with D the, on the on the helmet yeah. with the Bronco coming. When Chris through. and I went to high school. Our high school uh, mimicked Denver's uniforms. Yeah, okay. Like with the number, except it was black and black and orange. Yeah, but we had like the same numbers, well, that's the cool. same like number font as the Broncos. So I'm sick of the Broncos numbers. <laughs> I watched it for four well, years in high school. W- one guy that, that got a, a lot of uh, talk over the last couple of weeks. Uh, is Nikel Roby Coleman uh, not only you know for what he did in the game with the Saints and uh, his pass interference not getting called, but also when he was basically saying, uh, well, it appears you know Tom Brady's uh, you know he's getting a little old. Uh, he may have seen his better days, and he, he obviously, as they always do when the media gathers, clarified his comments about Tom Brady this week. Uh, uh, Tom Brady's a great quarterback. We're preparing as a team. Um, you know, we all in the Super Bowl. There's only two teams left. And, um, you know, we, we out here. We, at the end of the day, we still got to play. We still got to play football. Uh, I'm not taking nothing away from his game. I can't take nothing away from his game. Uh, you know, I'm, this is my first appearance. He's been, he been in this place many of times, in this position many of times. So I'm not going to make a big deal out of this situation. Um, like I said, words got taken out of context. I respect them. And we're going to go out there on Sunday and we're going to play football. Okay, I know you guys watch football each and every Sunday. Uh, you watch football on Saturdays. You watch football on Thursdays, whatever it's on. Yeah, Nicole Roby Coleman, fight on. Did Trojan. you know Nicole Roby mm-hmm. Coleman before that uh, pass interference call? Yeah, because he was getting called for pass interference calls <laughs> at did. USC. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. He was okay. getting 15 yeah. yarders at USC. I That's what he did. did. Okay, I did like, not know him. I yeah, did not oh, yeah. know him. He did not stand out to me. Yeah, he was you American guys obviously, in my life. Yes. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you guys obviously knew him for USC. Well yeah. But I did not. They go, Nicole Roby. I had, okay, I don't know how to say his name. Is it Nickel? Is it Nickel? Who is this? guy i didn't know yeah. who he is it's not like you would you know you'd scheme for this guy and all of a sudden there he is uh i don't think i think that you look at it and i thought the saints when they game planned against the rams they gave too much respect to marcus peters and Aqib Talib and to to go out with not throwing the ball to your number one guy and michael thomas it seems like something that that's a mistake not only did you lose the game and I, I know that uh, Sean Payton said he just sat around and ate ice cream to watch Netflix for a couple days after losing the game. But in my opinion, watching that game, I hate when a, a team and their offense gives too much respect to the other secondary guys. One of them actually made the Hall of Fame yesterday, Champ Bailey. People wouldn't throw Champ Bailey's way. People sure. wouldn't throw at Deion Sanders. Now, for some reason, it seemed like with Michael Thomas, they didn't try to go to him enough. Uh, because of Marcus Peters and keep You know, what's fascinating to me is throughout the season, a lot of people uh, would point out that the Rams' secondary struggled. Um, and they did to an extent. But really, the problem on defense for the Rams throughout the season was their run defense. And even with Donald and Sue up front, they couldn't stop anyone on the ground. And their pass defense was actually decent. Now, I agree, Fred. I don't think that the Saints attack them enough, and I'm interested to see how Tom Brady will attack uh, these two corners for the Rams. But, like, really, their pass defense, especially in the playoffs, has been really good. But their pass defense throughout the season, uh, DVOA had them ranked as the fifth best pass, uh, or uh, tenth best, ninth best, I'm sorry, ninth best pass defense in the NFL. On on, On defense for rushing, they were 28th. So the problem was stopping the run. It wasn't in the secondary. But I feel like since you have two high-profile guys who are traded to the Rams, who have had success in other places, who are a little bit outspoken uh, throughout the season each and every week, they're chirping up, uh, trash-talking the other team and all this stuff. They're easy targets. But really, they've played pretty well. 
Uh, if you are on uh, ESPN.com or whatever, Matt Bowen does a lot of really good work breaking down film oh and tape and stuff like that. The thing that's and out there today about, about the way the, the Patriots attacked the quarterback? Yeah. Unbelievable. So, so the, he also was talking, he did one about how uh, the Rams have added more bodies when they think that the, the other opposing team is going to run the ball and how that has led to more success in the playoffs. They've adjusted somewhat in the playoffs. Now, the problem with that is, Tom Brady's going to eat you alive yeah, right. with yeah. play action if you do that. So it'll be interesting to see what Sean McVay, what Wade Phillips can dial up, who I hope he wears that coat on the sideline. But, uh, <laughs> I hope it'll he be, wears it, his dad's hat. It'll be interesting to see what they dial up, knowing that if we put too many guys up against the run, if we bring more guys to the line of scrimmage to stop the run, and Tom Brady goes to play action or he pulls the ball and goes and does a little RPO if they decide to run that kind of stuff, it's going to hurt them because Tom Brady will eat them alive with short passes and then with yards after the catch because their secondary, yeah, they've played well, but I think that the, I mean, try to, you're going to need two guys to bring down Gronkowski this right. year. So, and every year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust because it's, it's, they've been successful so far, but they haven't faced Tom Brady yet. This is a game where when the Patriots need something, all of a sudden you're going to see like three straight passes to Chris Hogan. Okay, yeah. this is where you you know it's not going to be Edelman, it's not going to be Gronk, it's not going to be um, you know James White. All of a sudden, Chris Hogan's going to go on a stretch where on a drive he catches three passes for thirty five yards or something like that. That's the thing; they don't have wide receivers of that that really stand out. Obviously, besides Edelman, but they, he always finds the guy. He'll find James White on swing passes, and you know, he doesn't throw much to Sony Michelle. Usually, when Michelle's there, they run the ball. But the one thing they do is they run the ball well when Sony Michelle's in the game. He's rushed for, I've got his numbers, he's rushed for 242 yards in the two playoff games. It's ridiculous how much they've run the ball. Yeah, him. and Fred, to your point, um, the MVP from championship weekend, uh, Tony Romo, the reason why Tony Romo can guess all of these plays for the Patriots as the game's happening is because of simple math. It's not anything that Romo knows that no one else can figure out. And Brady is doing the same thing. Yeah. The reason why he can go to Hogan three straight plays and you're like, man, who is, why is he going? Oh, wow. How can they not stop Ooh. him? Well, the reason why, Jim, is because all Romo's doing is saying, oh, there's a safety who went over there. Now it's a one-on-one matchup. What will happen is Brady will take a three-step drop, and he'll go right to that one-on-one matchup. Mm-hmm. And that's all that he does all game long. Now, you got to try and figure it out to stop him. Yeah. But that's why Tony Romo won the MVP in both games last weekend or two weekends ago. And why yeah. everyone's fawning over him is because of simple math. There's, uh, and that's what Brady excels at. There's actually a prop bet you can bet for how many plays that Romo will predict. Yeah. Correctly. Not predict, but predict correctly. Can I I get this out there now uh, before we get to your Don't do it. Uh, Here's the thing. You don't like him. Well, it's not that I don't like him. It just stop talking over Jim Nance. Okay. Allow him to do his job, right, and then you brother, do yours. Get it. You don't like him. What do you What do you mean? I don't like him. You like someone who's who sounds like like I mute them half the time. I so don't do I, care for the most part. Unless, unless, unless it's the fine today. Unless it's the fine Monday night you're, you're football hear it on tonight. Yeah, I won't today because I want to hear what Romo has to say. But you're you know you're right about that. Jim, it go. is it is just a numbers thing. And think about it earlier earlier this year. Earlier Sorry. this year, Sorry. it came Sorry, up. Guys. Tom, they, Tom Brady said, 
I know the answer before the question's yeah, posed. Because right. what he meant was, when I go to the line of scrimmage, whatever they do, mm-hmm. I already know what the answer is. I already know if their safety's over this, if they have the, you know, if they're playing this defense. I know where I'm going with the ball. I already know it before I get to the line of scrimmage. That's why it's funny because so many times during the course of the year, when I was working with Mongo, Mongo would always tell me. You got to be good enough so your quarterback knows as he goes to the line of scrimmage. Not when he gets there and looks over it. He's yeah. got to know as he's walking up. He's got to know where at that point. This is what's happening. Well, isn't I'm looking. That, that's what's going on. Here's where I'm going with the ball. That was the brilliance of Peyton Manning. Yeah, that's why he was so good for so long, and why that what they did was so uh, revolutionary in the NFL. It was we're going to stay in no huddle because I'm just going to point out where you guys are, are messing up right. and go to that spot each and every play. And that's where you might see this work in the advantage of the Rams because if you've ever noticed the way McVay calls plays is he, after a first down or a long play, they immediately go up to the line of scrimmage and try and run another play. Yeah. Or if not, run the play, At they least. get up, and Jared Goff will survey what's going on, and then he will figure out what they're going to do to follow up a big play. That's something the Rams have done all season long. And this this is a strange question to ask at this time because it, it, it actually works really well, and we talked about it a lot. But do you think it's fair that the headphone for the, uh, the, the the headphone and the microphone for the quarterback and the coach mm-hmm. is on up until 15 seconds left. Do you think that's fair? Because basically, and we'll, we'll talk about this obviously more when Jared Goff gets or does not get a big contract because, you know, all the play calling is being done by Sean McVay. Sure. Okay. Um, do you think it's fair that that stays open or do you think there should just be signals and they should not be able to talk to their their quarterback? I think it's fair and I think what's interesting is what McVay has figured out is that if they get to the line sooner, he's got more he, time. He can tell Jared Goff exactly what to do yeah. as they stand there and then when they get to 15 seconds it cuts off but then he's already got the answer what we're talking about right. with Tom Brady and all these different quarterbacks who are so great can figure out on their own. I I think it's fair. I think uh, what I'd love to hear, and well, they'll never let us do it. But well, how, yeah. how much, how cool would it be if they recorded uh, McDaniel's in the headphone, you know, in the Talking headset, Brady. of Brady and McVeigh, yeah. and you know, two weeks down the road, like the mic'd up, you're yeah. able to hear what the two guys are saying. Never. Now they'll never do it. Never. They probably won't because it'll expose young. It'll players expose too much to them right. not really knowing what they're doing on the field. That, and you, know, you expose play calling too. Like well, yeah, the, yeah, that as well. But like be, a month after the fact, does it really? Eh, I guess it, it goes does, for next year. Yeah. yeah, it would also show though. It would show what Brady does with what he has, as yeah. opposed to what a young quarterback does with what he has and how he has to walk through the paces. Where I'm sure McDaniel says like one thing and. Brady goes good. We're set. I you know, don't think he. I don't think McDaniel's in the headphone until fifteen seconds left. He probably isn't. Um, you know what's funny is uh, I've always thought the NFL is very concerned about people going to football games, right? I always thought, Abdal, you've been to a NASCAR race. Indeed, at, at NAS, NASCAR races, you can pay like seventy bucks and get headphones. It's not even that much, I don't think. That dial in, it doesn't matter. Do you need to argue about no, that? No, I'm just telling. I'm just telling <laughs> people because people will be like, "That's 60, a lot of money." Sixty five. It, it, it's it's at least <laughs> over fifty. How about that? Does that work for you? It's like uh, but the device allows you to listen in to the crew chief, right? Talk to the driver himself. Yeah. So a Jimmy Johnson, you could hear That's the great. conversation back yeah. and forth as you sit there. 
it would be fantastic if in the NFL, if you went to a game, if you were able to get a device to allow you to listen to both offensive coordinators or head coach talk to the quarterbacks. That would be really cool and an incentive to get to a stadium because I think we all want to learn. We all want to hear the conversations going back and forth. And it's it's the most important two conversations that take place throughout a football game. Well, I think that, and I know you were not happy with the way Tony Romo does it, but I think the reason Tony Romo was the MVP two weeks ago because the people that are sitting on their couch, even if you, quote, think you know the game, sure, or they, if you do know yeah. the game, now they that's what they love to hear. They love to hear that stuff mm-hmm. as opposed to reacting afterwards. Now, Collinsworth does a great job, but Collinsworth doesn't predict or say plays that are coming up much, but he'll break down what happened afterwards. Nobody does I think it. he does a great job. Right. And yeah. I think that's why everybody loves what Tony yeah, Romo I, does. I think it's interesting. I, I, I find it fascinating that people are so impressed with the predicting manner of the, the call. Like... You know, like, I I don't necessarily need that because I, I guess maybe some of us who are watching these games are thinking about this stuff to begin with. You know, like, oh, they're killing the play. They're probably going with this. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that's something that maybe we think about that maybe the average person doesn't think about. Yeah. They're just sitting and watching, not really thinking of, of the actual uh, content of the game. Let's grab a real quick call before we uh, try to connect with Yurko. Let's go to Norwood Park and Eddie. Eddie, you're at ESPN 1000. Thanks for hanging in there. What's up? Hey, guys, how you doing? Well, you can't talk up Todd Gurley because if you guys been watching this football for the last month over here, that guy is definitely injured. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he doesn't finish the game. The one touchdown that he got, he sat on the, on the sidelines where C.J. Anderson did all the work. And I wouldn't be surprised if that was a call from the top. Well, let's put him in just to you know, get the touchdown for him, like Beasley was saying, about management. And, well, that was my first point. And the next point is, if the Chiefs were playing the Rams, I believe the Chiefs would beat them and the Pats will beat them. And they would both have been favorites over them. Huh. Uh, to, to address Todd Gurley, uh, Lindsay Theory was on with Cap and Company on Friday. She's the reporter for the Rams for ESPN, and she said that Todd Gurley's healthy. So yeah. uh, who knows? Maybe in that game he was a little banged up. Maybe... You know, Sean McVay saw the jitters. I mean, he dropped that pass, which led to the first interception, which led to the Saints scoring. And maybe said, you know, maybe the moment's too big right now. Maybe we need to settle him down, sim on the side, and we have C.J. Anderson, so let's use him. I mean, I think what that pointed out to me is something that we've talked about for a long time on this station, is that running backs don't really matter. As long as you have bodies, that's what matters. And who it is, it does not matter because it's about the offensive line. It's about dictating the play calling. And whoever that is carrying the ball in that situation is not as important as the actual uh, play call of a run from the team. And I I think that's where people see the fantasy numbers and they see a guy like Todd Gurley and they're like, oh, there's got to be something wrong. Well, he's a running back. Like, you know, like this happens all the time with running backs. Yeah. You know, they have a very short lifespan in the NFL, and they're they're great for a very uh, short amount of time. And if you can find a guy who can hit the hole at the right moment that works better for your offense, go with him in that moment. You know, we've seen the same thing with Jordan Howard here. Plenty of Bears fans want to tell us all how important Jordan Howard is. Right? I don't think he's that important. You know, and we, I think we're proven that this season when he didn't have the same numbers in a better offense they had when the Bears were struggling. Yeah, Gurley, uh, four 
rushes for 10 yards, one reception for three against New Orleans. But during the season, only Saquon Barkley averaged more yards than Gurley at 4.9 per carry, and no one had more touchdowns than Gurley with 17. Um, but, you know, the addition of C.J. Anderson has been huge. We talked a little bit, and I've brought it up a few times, about how the Bears beat the Rams, and they beat the Rams, and the Rams did not have C.J. Anderson at that time. Since they got C.J. Anderson, it's a completely different offense because you're able to rotate these guys in. Yeah, you're able to. You got two different kind of running backs, and C.J. Anderson got just keeps going forward, and he's a big guy. He can he can get through the line. He's a big, heavy guy, but a short guy, so he can get through the line, and he can actually make up some yards. He's a hard guy to bring down, and uh, I'm glad the Bears faced him without C.J. because that would have been tough when the Bears beat the Patriots early this year. Remember what happened early in that game? Sony Michelle went down with an injury. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about how the Bears did against these two teams. If Sony Michelle was there the whole game, that would have been a whole different game. Sure. Because he was running it up on the Bears early in that game, and then he got he went down with an injury. And I'm not, you know, the Bears took advantage. They You do what you do. Guys got to be out in the field. But next year, they play, let's see, they, play the, they don't play the Patriots next year. Uh, they do play the Rams. Yep. They do play the Saints. Mm-hmm. They play both of those teams. Uh, which they play is, the Chiefs as well. They the play the Chiefs, Chargers. Uh, you know, that first place schedule, the only two you get thrown in because you were a first place team is the Rams and the Saints. Mm-hmm. But those, those two pretty good teams. Well, yeah, you know, that that could take you from a, a you know, 10-6 season to 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, that but, could take but, you from 6-8, you know, 6-10. Yeah. You know, two-game swing in the NFL is a big deal. But playing against the uh, NFC East and the AFC West, that's not going to be easy either because no. the Cowboys are getting better, okay? Mm-hmm. The uh, the Giants, they've got Saquon Barkley. You know, we, you played them this year. Uh, you have well, to, and you just lost to the Eagles in the playoffs. Right, so you get the Eagles again. So, And then you, got, you have the Chiefs and the Chargers and Denver. You get to play against Vic Fangio. I think that game's in Denver. Um, so, it, it, you know, the the whole thing with the Bears, and yesterday, uh, for those who missed it, Matt Nagy named the uh, coach of the year uh, in the honors show, which, you know, Felix was tell, talking to me about it. And you would think that someone like the NFL could have a show on live. Yeah. The show was recorded, and not like recorded the day before. It was recorded hours. and run like two or three hours later. Well, Probably I mean, not you know, even. You got it's it's Saturday night in the Super Bowl. There's parties. Nobody wants to be on an award show. Well, that's so, true. No, yeah. Record a little bit earlier. Well, well, Brett's talking no, about no, people well, at home. It, right, people at home. The show was recorded earlier. They could have put it out. You know what was on Channel Two? My wife and I know because we watched it. We, Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother was on. Oh, yeah. What did uh, Scaramucci do? Isn't that his he's name? Go, yeah, is he's, in there? He, he didn't he, last. They he vote was, people off on that show? What he was they a do? plant. He was a plant. A plant? He was only on for a little bit, and he was actually dropping dropping a little hints like a and clues and stuff like that. He was a rat? Kind of. He was what kind is, of a rat. What is so, so they got this house, Abdel, and they put celebrities in it. But no, I understand they the concept of Celebrity off. Big Brother. I thought they all lived in there until the end. Huh? No. No, you vote people off. There's I a didn't know. So it's like survival. It's, it it's only a month long for the celebrities because you can't keep the celebrities, you know, too far out. I didn't know this. So it's, is it the same rules as Survivor? Yeah. No, not Survivor. Oh. But it's CBS. Yeah. <laughs> rules for Survivor are a little bit different. Yeah, but they vote people off, right? Yeah, you vote people okay. out. Okay. Yeah. So, they, so in Big Brother, they, they vote folks up. See, I've never, I've seen the promos, I've never watched. Yeah, I, we I watch don't understand uh, how they have like. Why does it look so bad? Like MTV has all these shows and it looks good. Why? Why is CBS? Uh, it's one house. It's always the same house. 
What is that? Big Brother, have you not <laughs> seen the previews of Big Brother? Super Bowl. What is going on here? You, you, you act like you're not going to see a promo for Big, Big Brother. Listen, oh. first of all, my favorite part of the Super Bowl being on CBS is the bad CBS show promos. Oh, yeah. Like, they they I can't all look like for, they're completely made up. I can't up. wait for eight promos for, for whatever military show is on that they, for court, courtroom, military courtroom drama show. Nude is CBS. Yeah. Dog in a shoe. Yeah. Oh, that's what they do. Is Big Doug's bang, best friend. Big bang, the, the, Big bang Theory promos yeah. an hour. Every network does it. Every network does it. No, but Fred, NBC this, CBS, does it CBS so is bad, just though. slapping together algorithms at this point. Yeah. ABC, fine quality programming, though. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. Come on, Fred. Yeah. They all do it. Uh, Fox even does it. How many How many promos for The Simpsons and for... Uh, Podiatrist in the Farmer. Family up. Guy, CBS only. CBS. All of them. All of them. How many, I mean, you, that's all you see is promos. For all of stuff. them. I actually do enjoy the commercials, um, except they're already dropping them early. Yeah, I'm fine with that because I, you know, listen. I during commercials, I gotta go to the bathroom. I gotta get up. I gotta get more chips. I gotta get more dip. I gotta get more drinks. I gotta more do this wings. kind of stuff. If I see a commercial that I've already seen online, I know I have 60 seconds to 90 seconds sometimes with some of these to go somewhere you gotta, and do something. Yeah, that's perfect. Also, you're not a Maroon Five guy, I'm sure, so you can. Oh, Travis Scott, come on. No, well, and Big Boy, yeah, Travi. Uh, I thought Big Boy. I thought they were serving burgers. I thought it was a guy that was... Don't you know who Big Boy is. No, I, I have no idea. I just know he spells Outcast his name with an eye. Outcast has been around for a minute. You know who Outcast is. Right, I, but I didn't know who Big Boy was. He's, He's in Outcast. I did not know He's that. He's in um, Outcast. And let, 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 I did not know that. Let's be real here. Uh... I believe in the 90s. There we're, was, vamp, we're vamping trying to find Yurko. Well, That's what uh, we're doing. No. It's what, no uh, surprise to the observer of the Yurko scene that whoever yeah. Felix scheduled him for the 10 o'clock hour should have known yeah. that Yurko shouldn't be awoken yeah. before That's 11. A, That's an 11 o'clock booking. That's an 11 o'clock. You should have flipped him and Sylvie, Felix. Uh, so <laughs> let, let's be real, uh, though, for a second. In the 90s, we had... Good commercials during the These Super are good Bowl. Commercials? No, they're not. The Am- I've seen the Amazon one. I think is very good. I th- it's a there's a dog in it, and I think it's very funny. I'm gonna go three legged. I'm gonna go. He's got uh, all four legs. The highlight of my week was explaining what ASMR was to Waddle and Sylvie on the air because there's an ASMR commercial, and if you don't know what ASMR is, it's it's like audio. It's it's basically when someone gets really close to the microphone and does something into it, and all the kids are into it right now. And there's a Michelob Ultra commercial with um, Zoe. What's her name? Zoe Kravitz. Okay, and she's like she's like doing this to the she's like tapping on the beer and it's really loud and it's there's a lot of these asmr videos out there but now you know uh you can explain it, you can google it before your super bowl party so you know what it is so everybody's like what is this and then you can be the smart one at your super bowl party and be like that's what the kids are into i'm gonna go wilbon on you that's yeah. a bunch of junk <laughs> that's fine you can be it's a you bunch can of think, junk i don't care what it is the commercials someone, used to be better you know what was great spent five million dollars Frog, frogs on telling me budweiser that was great that was a commercial that actually was a good commercial yeah take that doll we come junk. back uh, Colin Wilson from the Action Network will join us, unless he's with Yurko somewhere. Uh, he will join us right here. It's Black Abdallah Hubner. We're here till noon. A lot more football talk. We'll hear from Hoodie, Waddle, Sylvia. We'll track down Yurko right here on ESPN 1000. It's a bunch of junk. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Uh, no, I think you know we were so excited that we won that game, and, and Todd is again so unselfish and so um, such a good teammate. It didn't affect him. You know, he, he, a lot of guys you would see around the league that would throw tantrums, and 
have a fit and, and go out in the media and talk about it publicly. But I think if you look at what he when he talked about it last week in his press conference, he handled it like a pro and, and like we all knew he would. And um, I expect him to have a huge game this weekend. It'll be fun. That is Rams quarterback Jared Goff answering the question, is Todd Gurley frustrated? He says no, no, no. He's It's all about team. All about team. Our team this morning, Black Abdallah Hubner, here until noon. Super Bowl 53, 5.30 start. And Abdallah, I agreed with you on something you said in the air this week. At least one thing. You said you wanted the game to start earlier. I do. Yeah, I want the It'd Super Bowl to start earlier, like a three thirty start. Yeah, or that? Nah, I mean, yeah, three thirty. Three thirty is not bad. Four o'clock. Look, if we lived in L.A., it would be three thirty. Right, but we don't, so it's five thirty. And it, oh, East Coast six thirty. I know. No, I'm not even watching it at that point. A three thirty start to be awesome. I want What's the party to start. I want it? the party to start earlier. I want an earlier you know, the party. party. Party can start. I want earlier. an earlier. Well, no, Waddle doesn't want me showing somewhere. up. Listen, I told him I was going to show up for this Arsenal uh, Manchester City game, but I'll have to settle for the uh, one o'clock. Uh, uh, who's playing Celtics Thunder game? I'll show up for that and watch that. Help him set up. I think I think five uh, thirty is a fine yeah. time. No, I, want, I want four o'clock. I want I three thirty, four o'clock. I want an early. I want a, a day. I want a darty. I want an all day party. I like. To- I like the three thirty. We'll we'll get back to this conversation. We'll ask some of the others uh, oh, as what? we talk to them. We're going to talk to Jay Hood. We're going to talk to Tom Waddle. We're going to talk also to uh, Sylvie uh, right. next hour. Right now, we're going to talk to a guy who knows the prop bets. He knows the regular bets. He knows all that stuff from the Action Network. Colin Wilson joining us. Colin, how are you today? I'm doing great. My first bet of the day is the Puppy Bowl. So even before the Puppy Bowl, <laughs> Who do you have winning? Is, is, it, it? is it the uh, prop bet that one may or may not mate? I saw that one. <laughs> no, I'm actually taking Team Rough. If you look at the pictures, there's a lot of retrievers. There's a lot of hyper dogs on Team Rough as to where Team Fluff is full of corgis laying on their back looking lazy. I mean, it's Team Rough all the way. Yes. You know, I, I went to the Action Network site just before you came on, and people that are going to parties, you can print up the Super Bowl prop contest. Uh, print it for your whole party is pretty cool. You can you can print it and make sure your uh, the person that's hosting the party has you know prizes for the winner. Uh, you know yeah. among the questions, who will score the first touchdown of the game? How many touchdowns will be scored? But you start right off the bat on uh, the coin toss and the length of the anthem. So very very cool for people to get involved. You know for those who don't want to worry about all of the other ones, this is a perfect way to get it. Yeah, that prop sheet is great because this is the biggest gambling day of the year. Like, this is how you get people that don't gamble involved into gambling because you can bet on the Anthem. You can bet on Maroon 5. You can bet on every single thing that people that are non-gamblers, they get interested in this stuff. And I I believe that we will get to a time one day where there'll be two broadcasts. There'll be the gambler's broadcast. Well, there'll be like the stat cast on the side. So you can see exactly how many rushing yards James White has. Or there'll be a clock underneath Gladys Knight so we can see how long the anthem is going. So I don't have to keep a timer <laughs> on my phone. Uh, I don't pay for a lot of things. Like I, I have like my parents' account for a few things. I pay for the Action Network. And one of the best things that they have this year is that you can you can – figure out which props you're going to bet and then mark them and you can follow along so you don't have to go to a box score every five minutes and see how many rushing yards James White has like I bet on or how many throwing yards uh, Tom Brady has. You can just select them. It's great. What's your favorite prop bet for today? So my favorite prop bet today is going to be uh, uh, Todd Gurley and his rushing yards going over. Uh, I'm going to do over 61 on Todd Gurley. I'm going to do his longest rush over 16 and a half. 
uh, and definitely Todd Gurley to score a TD. Uh, I like a little bit of his MVP odds. When you look at this game, there's just there's a lot of things that the Rams can do offensively that the Pats are in the bottom ten, and in some categories they're even thirtieth. And one of them is big play rate. So big play rate is what do you do in chunk yardage situations between your ten yard line and to your thirty. So before you kind of get to the red zone, the Rams are number one in the league as to where the Patriots are last in the league in big play rate, and uh, most more importantly. The Patriots are worst in the league on standard downs explosiveness. So that means first and second down, and in between their 10 and their 30, they're giving up huge plays. So for me, that's the Rams' running game, and that's the place where I think Gurley and C.J. Anderson are going to be able to go over their props. Colin, when we look at this matchup over the course of the two weeks, uh, the public is definitely heavy on the Patriots. Uh, how yeah. much uh, is there a discrepancy between how much public love there is on the Patriots and how different these two teams actually are heading into this contest? Uh, it's interesting. Two weeks ago, or I'm sorry, three weeks ago against the Chargers, uh, everybody thought the Patriots were done. Uh, you know, they wouldn't make it out alive. Uh, their, their season was going to be over. Uh, same thing against the Chiefs, and then here they are. Uh, you know, and now everybody in the world has has done a complete 180, and they're all behind the Pats, thinking they're you know the greatest of all time. When you know, I listen. The Rams are the best team I think that they're going to face in all of the playoffs, and a team the best team they've faced in, in probably eight weeks. Uh, and I think the reality is going to come crashing down fast. I mean, both McVay and Belichick are masterful head coaches in making adjustments. So you could say the Pats are going to do one thing. But Belichick's got a game plan to, to, to adjust on the fly. Both of these coaches are great at adjusting on the fly. That's why they're in the Super Bowl. But this will be the best team the Rams face. And, and to me, and every bookmaker that I trust and every sharp that I know, this game is a dead heat at a pick or a minus one or a plus one, whatever team. You can do a coin flip on it. But two and a half is certainly too many points and a lot of sharp sides. In a lot of big games, uh, even we see it in the playoffs also, uh, teams will try to feel out the other team early. Do you expect a, a low-scoring first quarter or the low-scoring first half, or do you expect these teams like, you know, with Sean McVay to come on out and actually try to throw the ball and, ma- and be aggressive at the beginning of the game? Yeah, I, I think it is. I think I think the first quarter under, which I think is a 10.5, I think there's some 10s out there. I think it's a great bet. It's something that I have bet on uh, myself. Now, for the game, I've got over 56. So I think this is a lot like the Chiefs game. I mean, there we didn't have barely any points at all by the halftime. Came out in the second half, and there was a touchdown. You couldn't get up to go to the bathroom or grab a, a grab a, a drink or anything because there was a score every two seconds. I think this follows a lot of that. These two coaches are going to want to feel each other out. Uh, they may throw out some dummy offensive and defensive formations in the first two series just to throw them off before they get to the real game plan. I like the first quarter under, but I like the full game over. One of my favorite bets is the two-point conversion attempt and uh, also the successful one uh, for a two-point conversion if you want to put a little less money on that. How do you see uh, that one given the aggressive nature of Sean McVay? That, uh, yeah, that, that's a good one. I actually have kind of gone, I, I like that prop, but the one that I liked more was the over two-and-a-half number of people to throw passes. And that kind of plays into Sean McVay about you know, he'll have a punter throw the ball. He'll have anybody throw the ball. Uh, and then on the other side of the field, Julian Edelman has thrown the ball. So not only do these coaches, well, you know, McVay will go for a two-point conversion, but he's not afraid to have other people throw the ball. So the prop I like better than that is over two and a half people to throw to, to attempt a pass. 
Colin, if you're taking a look at whichever team you want to win the game, how should someone go about betting throughout the quarters to correlate the outcome that they want? Would you recommend if they if you say someone that's going to bet the Rams plus the points to say you should also probably look at the Rams in the first quarter because if they need to win this, if they're going to win this game, they'll have to get an early lead on the Patriots. Is there something that you would look at with the quarter line betting plus the the final score? It's interesting because as a live better, you script this out because you you know when a certain team gets to a threshold, uh, and, and you know like the Rams, you know they were plus ten and a half against the Saints in that game and came all the way back and won. Uh, at a live betting standpoint, so from a live betting standpoint, you have to know how the script is going to go. Now we all know that the Patriots start off slow; uh, they have in most of their games, uh, and they do in Super Bowls. They haven't scored a touchdown, I think, in their history in the Super Bowls. Uh, last year's field goal, I think, was the first time they've scored in the first quarter. Uh, but, I mean, history aside, just in games, period, they're having a hard time uh, scoring at the beginning of the game. So you would want to script taking the Rams definitely in the first quarter, uh, and you'd want to script taking the under early, and then at some point when the Patriots are down by 7, when the Patriots are down by 14, down by 10, you would want to come back and hit the Patriots and probably get them. Uh, because to me, I, if there's a blowout on one side or the other, I think it's the Rams that would win by more than a touchdown in this game. So I think, if anything, you would want to get as many Rams points as possible. Uh, but, but definitely early early on, uh, the Patriots should struggle. Callan Wilson from uh, the Action Network. You can check out the Action Network. Just go to actionnetwork.com. When, with the MVP, is there is there an MVP long shot that you like out there? Obviously, a lot of times people are looking at MVP and they'll look at quarterbacks or you know running back here with Todd Gurley. You mentioned how you think he's going to have a decent game. Is there an MVP long shot out there or one that's out there that you like? I would shop on the Aaron Donald ones out there. Uh, if, if, if the Rams are going to win, it's because they got pressure on Brady. Now, Brady is one of the best in the league at getting rid of the ball. Uh, I mean, the, on blitz down sack rate, the, the Pats are the best in the league. You can't get to Brady. You can't touch him. But if you do pressure him, his efficiency is one of the worst in the league. So I like Aaron Donald, uh, and I like Nanaka Kansu to, to get in there and get some pressure on him. And if the Rams win this game, it could be because of their defensive line. And there are some Aaron Donald uh, MVP props out there that are better than 100 to 1 if you shop around. So if you want a long flyer, I would look at that. If you want a realistic one, I doubt it would go to golf. That's why I like Gurley more, especially with the research I've done on what happens in between uh, the 20s when, when the Rams are on offense. Uh, I asked Chris Raybon this last week. There was a contest out there that if you could make a prop that would be up at a book. If you could make a prop that's not out there, what would you make? Uh. That would, that's, a, that's a good one. There, I, I've heard, boy, that on the spot here. Uh, I, I would definitely do a crossover prop, but uh, being is that I'm a huge baseball fan, I would probably do a girly rushing yards versus, say, my Kansas City Royals uh, total wins, which should be around 69, and Gurley's uh, yardage is about 67. Uh, so I would take my favorite local baseball team and definitely take their total wins. Now, you'd have to wait all year for the. It's <laughs> a long, long wait. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe you could take last year's win total because I think the Royals didn't get over 60. But, uh, I mean, you could take your favorite baseball team, but you could take a, a, a cross sport, you know, point score for your local NBA team and, and put it up against that. But the cross sport ones are fabulous because you have hockey and NBA during the day, and then you can take that total uh, and take it into the Super Bowl. Those are my favorites. Colin, we really appreciate it. I know it's a busy day. Thanks for jumping out for a little while. Thanks for having me, guys. Colin Wilson, the Action Network. It's Black Abdallah Hubner. One of the ones that I was thinking of, and I heard it someone use it, and it is one that you'd have to wait a little bit for. You wouldn't be able to collect today unless. Um, 
is total points by either team, Patriots uh, or the Rams, and the number of millions that Manny gets per year or that Bryce Harper gets per year. And, you know, you'd have to wait a little while. The way it's going right now, maybe you have to wait till March. You don't know. Because May, I don't think, June, July, these guys are going to sign. What, yeah. What's baseball doing, Fred? Yeah, I don't think that any of them are going to sign today. You want you want to talk baseball for a minute uh, before we get Jonathan Hood on? Uh, what, what, what's your sport doing? They're just waiting around. They're waiting until after right. the Super Bowl. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and in, in a couple oh. of years from now, a couple <laughs> the, years from the now, the NBA didn't care for Super Bowl week. I'll no, tell you that the much. NBA cares not. No, Ooh. a couple of years from now, when both um, the NFL and Major League Baseball are in work stoppages, we'll be covering the Premier League. We'll be covering Whoa. Bundesliga. We'll be sitting around talking to MLS. Is we'll that a doing, World Cup year? Huh? <laughs> Two years. <laughs> you're, you're right. <laughs> I think it, I think it would be a World Cup year. So it'd be interesting. So Fred, uh, that's 2021. Uh, Baseball going to be able to get through that? I don't know. I don't know but if they can or not. not going to have baseball? What no, is no, no, Bryce no, no. Harper going to do? Real no, estate? No, no. no, I'm I'm saying this does not help them in the long run this offseason. If you go to a long work stoppage where baseball isn't played, if they get to that point, because I think the players need to make a stand to the owners in Major League Baseball, especially with what's going on. And I know a lot of people are suggesting it's collusion, but it's really not. It's baseball teams being smart, right. not wanting to give 10 eight-year contracts to these guys because after 30, they don't produce the same way. If it gets to that point where there's a work stoppage, is baseball in a spot na- nationally to be able to recover like it did back in the day after the last work well, stoppage the, the, in the 90s? The, the, after if there is a work stoppage, they could be in trouble. But I don't think that I I don't think they're that both sides will be stupid enough to have one. Well, I mean, the players are definitely getting the raw end of the deal right now. They, well, you don't think that they'll stand up and say something needs to change here? Well, like you said, they think they're getting the raw end of the deal. We saw earlier this week where a former player uh, comes out and says, listen, uh, the problem with Manny and with Bryce Harper is they're looking for long-term deals, mm-hmm. where Major League Baseball says when you're 30, 31, 32-year-old, so we don't want to give you more than a six- or seven-year deal. Right. And their analytics-based... All teams are doing that. So so you'll have to change it on the front end. What will happen is baseball teams won't be able to control you for as long. As long as they're going to try. That's what they'll try. But try to certainly. get that past the owners. They're, yeah, the owners won't want to change that, no, right? The owners because are going to want to keep it that way. They want to be able to keep you till you're 26, 27. Right. You know, it's, it's a fascinating thing because the way this culture is going in the sports culture is, I get it. If your favorite team is a baseball team, you're going to watch all their games. You're going to root for that team. But if you take a look at the national landscape, people don't talk about baseball like they used to. And if you go forward into a work stoppage, that's just going to add to all of it where out of out of sight, out of mind, right? Like it's not going to be a part of the national conversation. No, well, not during the stoppage, it won't. You're no, right. I, it won't. And, yeah. and then when the season starts, whenever that is or whatever takes place after, you're going to have to try and make up ground with a game that more people are tuning out each and every year based on the speed of the play and what goes on. It, it's just I think it's very fascinating a crossroads that baseball is heading towards. In 2021. Our next guest knows that, you know, the odds are the White Sox will be in first place if the work stoppage happens because it's happened once before. As we bring in, you hear him each and every night, or at least when you when Black and I aren't here, he's here. It is our guy, Jay Hood. Jonathan, what's up? Good morning. Happy Super Bowl to you guys. You too. You got the, you got the, the nice pipes early in the morning. 
Pardon the expression. Yeah. It's like yeah. it's like you're in the room with yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> you are in the room with us, I think. Uh, Jonathan, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> before we get to the Super Bowl, we were just talking about 2021 and the possible work stoppage in baseball as we head towards that date. Do you think the sport overall can handle a long-term work stoppage? Major League Baseball, uh, no, I don't think they can, guys. I, I, I think that your conversation was fascinating, though, because um, as as we know, Jerry Reinsdorf does not like to dole out contracts over five years if he can help it. And I think that you know, owners probably look at Bryce Harper and they look at Manny Machado because of the Al- Albert Pujols deal. And it's like, should one baseball player have more than a five-year deal? Can one baseball player be able to make that kind of difference You know, so quickly? One guy on a baseball team. This is not the NBA or the NHL where you give a guy you know, over a five-year deal. I think that five years, whatever money he's looking for, is perfect. And if there's a work stoppage, I think... Baseball needs as many positive reinforcements and positive stories as, as possible, and uh, you know a work stoppage could really do damage. Yeah, and I think that if you look at it, they're going to have to have owners that say, look, for the good of the sport, we're going to have to cave, and the players are going to have to say, for the good of the sport, we're going to have to cave, whether it's that owners cave on, on that that the rookie deals you know ending earlier so guys can get on the market earlier so they're not on the market when they're 27 they're on the market when they're 24 or 23 and then they can and maybe say okay well if you're on the market when you're 24 or 23 maybe we'll give you longer than a five-year deal because you haven't reached your peak yet whereas if you reach the the market and you're 27 that might be your peak and we're not going to give you a 10-year deal to a 27 year old and have you kicking around when you're 35 years old no, you're right, Adam. And, and and I look at the way Theo Epstein looks at it, too. You know, he doesn't like to sign too many guys that's north of 30. And I think that that's a real threshold for you because as you get older, you know, the game is not as, as – they're not as productive when they're after 30 years of age for a lot of baseball players. So if you can get someone young, if you can sign them before they're 30, 31, I think that's a positive. So so you're right. I mean – and I, I just – I continue to circle the, the Pujols deal because – that that deal with Anaheim was way too much because uh, you knew that you're not going to get the same production for the entire time uh, that he's on that ball club. So I I still hold fast that Machado, wherever he signs or or if Harper signs with San Diego, five years and, and, the, and maybe six, I think is the right number. Yeah, one last thing in baseball before we talk about the the big game today, and I, I guess I could say Super Bowl. I don't have to say big game, but the one reason that Machado and Bryce Harper are in the spot they're at is because they got to the big leagues quicker. So if you want to not if you don't want to not be 27 28 29 30 when your deal ends be better get to the big league sooner you know what i'm saying they did that they skipped they skipped colleges they went right to the you know they went out of high school and a lot of players that go to college for the three years that's going to mean they go to college for three years they're delayed and they're the ones that are 27 28 when their first deal is up but anyway the guys that are out yeah, just but, but one part of that yeah. threat is one thing that can be changed here, and maybe that happens in 2020 or moving forward, is if there is a guy that's ready to go in the minor league system, you bring uh, him up. Let, 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 bring him up quickly. Yeah. Like, there's no I reason agree. why the the Eloys and the Tatises and the Bobachets should have to sit in the <laughs> in the minor league system. I mean, put it, bring him up because you know th- those young guys can put butts in seats. Those yep. young guys can really help a ball club that's struggling. So I, I, I don't like the delay. You have to wait until after tax day to bring them up. Yeah, I've already thought about going to New York for the uh, the Friday, Saturday, Sunday series in April because that would 
probably be when the White Sox bring up Eloy Jimenez. But so, how do you feel about this game today? What are you? What are some of your keys when you look at this contest? My one of my keys, Fred, is that I think we can expect the unexpected because it's Bill Belichick and the and the Patriots. I think that we've put so much focus on Gronkowski and Edelman and Tom Brady, and rightfully so. But I'm looking for James Devlin, the fullback, to be able to get some run here. I mean, I, I'm looking at James White to be able because he's been a, a hero before for the Patriots. I expect a, a guy like that to be able to step up for the for the Patriots. And from the Rams' standpoint, I expect him to run the football. I think that um, in this spot, the, the reason why I don't think the Rams have the juice or the or the um, I guess the electricity of the Eagles is because I look at the running game of Todd Gurley and C.J. Anderson, and I think that that's going to take pressure off of Goff. I don't expect him to make a ton of plays down the field. I think that the Patriots will be up for the test. So I, I look in particular between the tackles, the running game uh, for both teams. Jonathan, when you take a look at Tom Brady, over the course of what he's been able to do in his career, winning Super Bowls, getting there so many different times, how do you put this into perspective, what we're watching with Brady? Well, it's the best that we've ever seen, um, and and Fred can speak to this too. Uh, when when we were coming up, we didn't think the, we'd see anything better than Elway and Montana because that was the rivalry during the '80s, and we didn't think that we'd see anything better than this. The championships um, and. When you take a look at that roster, how it continues to turn over, but Brady and Belichick continues to, to win, I think that that is a hallmark of, of greatness right there. I don't think I could put that in any perspective in the NFL, Major League Baseball, the other sports, because of of a quarterback like Tom Brady, north of 40, right, over 40 years of age, and he's getting it done. When it, when we saw quarterbacks that were 40 back in the day, those guys were third stringers and on their way out of the league, like Vinny Testaverde, who couldn't see down the field because he was colorblind. Uh, we didn't think we'd ever see quarterbacks like this, but I think that the longevity, the strong offensive line, and the belief in that system, that's what keeps it going for Brady. I, I'm, I'm surprised that they continue to do well at this point in time with him being at this age. But here's the thing, Chris. It's not changing anytime soon because I don't see the downward spiral of, of the Patriots. They could be in the same spot next year. You just never know. When you reach into your Crown Royal bag later today, where are you going to be uh, sprinkling your money, whether it's prop bets, the line over and under? Where your mo- where's your money going to go? Sprinkle. A, a, a lot of the sprinkle, Adam, will be on the, uh, if you're part of the expression, will be, a lot of it will be on the prop bets. Um, it, it's funny. We see the number, and the number has not changed. I, I have the Patriots at... Uh, uh, Three-point favor in the over-under 56.5. But I'm looking at the Gladys Knight uh, prop bets, and I just don't think she can hit that high note. <laughs> I'm totally taking the under there. Uh, I think she was on The Masked Singer, that terrible show on Fox. Uh, I don't, I, and I don't, think that she, uh, I don't think she hit the high notes on that. Uh, she's, look, she's an all-time great. We know that, but there's no pips that's going to be there. At I was going to say, the pips puts it over. No pips under. <laughs> I know. Exactly. I just yeah. don't think that Home of the Brave is going to you know, hold that note for six, seven seconds. I think it's the under there, and I'm, I'm thinking that she's going gown and not pantsuit. Um, that's also a prop bet on what she's going to wear. Um, and uh, and the over-under with, the, uh, with President Trump's tweets, I think he's already had one saying he's going to be on CBS. I think he's had one last time I saw. The over-under for that is six tweets that I saw on Bovada. I think that it's going to be under, especially if the Patriots don't win. So I got the under six tweets for President Trump. Jay, as we uh, let you go, we need you to get your prediction for the game, your final score. 
Fred, I like the Patriots to win 27-20. I think that that number is solid when it comes to the Patriots. Uh, uh, again, I need to have the empirical evidence that the Patriots are going to, on a downward spiral for them to lose this game. Uh, I also like the under in the game, 56-and-a-half in this spot. I think it will go what, 54, uh, 55, hoping. Uh, but I like the, the Patriots to win 27-20. to 20. Okay, so uh, is, it, is it UIC? Is it a serious NBA? Is it uh, ESPN National? Where can we find you in the next day or two? Yes. <laughs> it's Jonathan, all of them, right? Uh, I'll see you at uh, 312 <laughs> over at Credit Union 1 Arena. The, oh, yeah. 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 Northern, on. Northern Kentucky UIC this afternoon. That's right. That's right. Yes. UIC, Northern Kentucky. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> at least I'll, I'll know where to put the car today. Okay. Put it, point it toward UIC. Yes. UIC, Northern Kentucky on yeah. ESPN+. Plus. Uh, we'll miss the first quarter of the Super Bowl, but we'll have fun at UIC. You know, don't, don't, whatever you do, don't miss your, uh, you know, a Windy City Bulls appearance. You can't miss one of those. No, absolutely not. You know why? Because <laughs> because those bills don't pay themselves. That's why, Fred. Hoodie, appreciate it as always. Have a great one, okay? All right, guys. Thanks so much. Jay Hood, you hear him at night. You hear him all over the place on Sirius NBA. You, see, you also hear him on UIC Games with Chris Pleck. Uh, we've got a lot more to do. Waddle and Sylvie next hour. Uh, we will have more to talk about. We haven't gotten to our predictions. Uh, we haven't gotten to our bold predictions. You can make a bold prediction also for the contest today. It's Black Abdallah Hubner right here on ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. 103 decibels, and they're just getting started. As Zerline sets up for a 57-yard try to win the NFC Championship game. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! L.A. will play for the Lombardi! And I think the thing that's so impressive about the Patriots and and Tom obviously being a a key part of that is just their ability to consistently find a way to be their best at the most important moments. Uh, You know, you look at what they were able to do in terms of how they finished the season, then the way that they played in these two playoff games. They're the real deal, and, and he certainly is one of the best competitors of all time, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, if not the greatest, and they've got great players around them. They've got one of the greatest coaches of all time, and the Patriots are the real deal. Second and goal to go from the two. Allen motions left to right, then reverses direction. Brady under center, and gives to Burkett. Runs it left for the win! Touchdown, Patriots! And they're bound for Super Bowl 53! They're a well-balanced team. They have they have great players, uh, great defensive players, led by Donald, and, you know, obviously they're well-coached. Uh, golf, Gurley, good offensive line, good skill players, Cooks. Uh, Hecker's, you know, it's really a weapon. One of the, I would say, one of the most dangerous players in a kicking game in the entire football, in the National Football League. Uh, obviously, a kicker, their line kicked a 57 yard field goal to beat the Saints. So they have great players. They're well coached. They're tough. Uh, they win a lot of close games because they know how to play good situational football. I mean, they're good at everything. This is Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Well, welcome on in. You heard how the Rams and the Patriots got to Super Bowl 53. You also heard from Sean McVay and Bill Belichick. Chris Black, Adam Abdallah, Fred Hubner with you. We will talk with Tom Waddle. We'll talk with Yurko. We'll talk with Sylvie, getting their picks and what they think, how they think this game will play itself out. Uh, guys, last night we talked a little bit earlier 
about the um, honors night for the NFL. Congratulations go out to Matt Nagy being named coach of the year by the Pro Football Writers and Vic Fangio, the uh, assistant coach of the year. Did you hear that they also had another award, which, you know, it, good, it's a feel-good time with Matt Nagy and Vic Fangio. They had an award called the NFL Moment of the Year. Did you hear what got that? I saw, but for radio purposes, Fred, I will act like I didn't. I did what, not. What I'll be was, honest, I did not. What was the moment of the year? The NFL Moment of the Year, which was awarded by Brett Favre, was to Aaron Rodgers for the comeback from 20 nothing down in Week 1 of the Bears. It's like, really? If I'm Matt Nagy at that point, I stand up and just know, really? Well, Fred, did it not happen? The moment of the year? Well, I mean, it, it was a great moment. Bear fan or not, it was a great moment, was it not? Not, no. No, not a great not moment. Not a great okay. moment. Not good football that you saw there? <laughs> I mean, it could have been Cody Parkey hitting not one, but two it crossbars. It could have been him hitting four, you know, you know. What, what did he hit in that one game? Didn't he hit four? Yeah. Upright four times? Yeah. It could have been that moment of the year. Matt Nagy would have stood up and applauded, I'm sure. That yeah, one. well, that that would be a we moment, not a <laughs> not a me moment on the Today Show. And uh, it's the Power Hour, Fred, with Waddle, Yurko, and Sylvie as we Ooh. preview Super Bowl 53. And, you know, we're, we're leading you into, like, this is where you either as a fan start to go, I've heard too much of this, or yeah. this is where you kind of tune in, right? Like, I kind of look at the white noise that takes place over two weeks of Super Bowl prep, uh-huh. and I like to focus in on Sunday and kind of... Eat up everything. Listen to everything I can. Watch everything on TV. I love the spectacle of the Super Bowl, and I love just taking it all in because the pregame shows are bigger. There's more of it going on. There's more information to be had. I like all of that. I'm not someone that says, oh, I know everything, so I'm just turning on at 530 to find out what happens in the game. I like the spectacle really? of, a, of a national holiday of Super Bowl Sunday. I love I would it. like it more if it started at 3.30. Well, but. it doesn't matter. It starts at 5.30, <laughs> guys, so that's what we're going to look at here. And I Don't think you get a little tired? No, right I know. You know game? why? Because it happens once the I entire know. year. Most, you know, even if, say, it's a Sunday during the football season, the Bears play at night, it would be later. You, you sit yeah, up all, you sit and wait all day for that for it would uh, be later for the NBC game on Sunday night. So it's earlier than that. It's fun. Come on, get ready, Abdallah. Let's go. Yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm ready to go. That's his excited face. All right. Well, that's his excited face. I enjoy breaking down all of this stuff, and I think it's an interesting matchup because you have the all-time greats on one side, you have the up-and-comers on the other side, you have a team that has the better stats. If we t- if we dive into the stats, they, they, it looks better in one one side, the Rams. But then you keep going back to the fact that it's Brady and Belichick, and they never lose close games, and they always find a way to work the margins and have the better team at the end of the game, even though you say. How did we end up here, and how did they come into this game as the team that was clearly not as good as the other? I want to ask you guys, and I'm not ignoring anything you just said. No, it's fine. I wanted to ask right. you guys, because I had it written down, and I wanted to ask you. I want to make sure I do it now, because we do have Waddle, Yurko, and Sylvie coming up. Power hour. Is the Super Bowl this year harder for you to get excited about because of the season that the Bears had no, no, and the way they no, went out? No. I'll stop you dead in your tracks, Fred. I love football. And I, I think if you are still uh, moaning over your sad soup over the fact that the Bears didn't get to the Super Bowl, uh-huh. you deserve to eat your sad, your sad cold soup. soup. Tomato bisque and it's cold. Because no, it's that, that, what's that? Yeah, what's that cold? Uh, there's like a cold Italian soup. I don't it's know, gross. but here, here's the thing. 
Well, there's Vichy, Vichy Schwaz. I can't even say it. I don't know. Okay. There's also uh, Borscht. All right. Here, here's That's the not thing. Italian. Could the Bears have beaten the Rams to get to the Super Bowl? Certainly. Could they have gone down to New Orleans and beaten the Saints? I agree. They probably could. But the problem is... They didn't. We live in reality, yeah, and they didn't. did not. No, and, that's true. And if you're going to watch today's game just... Being upset that the Bears didn't get there? Yeah. That's the wrong way to attack this. I'm the way s- to attack it is next year at this time, 364 days from now, because the Super Bowl is played on the 2nd next year, uh-huh. February 2nd, will the Bears be in that game? Well, because, because that's George Alice's birthday, right? Well, I mean, I well, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but the point is... <laughs> All you know. The point is, Fred, that if you look at it, you got to take what you see today and see if the Bears could handle the situation, the moment. How does Goff play? Because I think if Goff comes out and is nervous, I think you could look as your a Bears fan and say, you know, in a big spot, maybe our quarterback might might ha- struggle. Sure. But if Goff comes out and is smooth, confident, and takes advantage of the Patriots and they put points up early, maybe you say, you know what, you know who's great at putting up points early in the first quarter of of this season, each and every game, Nagy and Trubisky, and maybe they could do that in a Super Bowl game. I, I think it's fascinating to look at it and look at it in the context of the Bears, but I mean, if you're just sitting around uh, blanking and moaning because your team didn't get there this year, that would, like, first of all, next year's not guaranteed. No. The Bears certainly Tomorrow's not guaranteed. The Bears certainly will be a good football team next year, but the same amount of odds that say that they're going to be good, they could also be Jacksonville next year, and yeah, Jacksonville yeah. was not good this season. So I, I think... I think that is a, a bad way to look at it, and I think that if you're only looking at it, then maybe you're just someone who doesn't even enjoy football. You're you just like being a Bears fan. I, I look at it this way. I look at it like it's it's Thanksgiving. Was it was Thanksgiving more fun because the Bears went into Detroit and and beat the blank out of them? Yeah, it made it made my turkey taste a little better. Right, it did. Right. But you know what? It's still Thanksgiving. It's still awesome. I still love it. It's oh, still yeah. one of my favorite days of the year. Just like the Super Bowl. I still get to eat a bunch. I still get to get my drink on. I still get to go to uh, the Waddle Super Bowl party. And I still, even if I didn't, I still get to watch it amongst right. friends and family, whatever. And then it's, I still get to watch a great football, hopefully, a great football game. If you look at the line, if you look at recent trends, what looks to be a great football game. If you can't, if you don't like, I get, I get it if you don't like football, then maybe this day isn't for you. Go see a movie. There's a lot of the Oscars are coming up. Go watch. Uh, um, well, I mean, at the very least, if, if you Oscar boil movies. down Rainbow. everything, you yeah. still, yeah. at the very least, guys, it's still the last football game of yeah. the year. So if you are a, if you're a football fan, a sports fan, no matter what the case may be, it's the last football game. Maybe and it's you're a exciting. big Maroon 5, fa- 5 fan, and you get to watch what? Maroon 5 today. So let me flip it. So, Fred, you know people who are upset because the Bears are not involved? I'm not saying upset. I just say it's it's a harder game. It may be a harder how, game to get into. How is because it harder, we, though? It's still the Super Bowl. Right, but when the Bears didn't have a chance to get into the playoffs, when the Bears were, then you were not you were focused more, I think, on this. I think as some of the people maybe got a little bit slower into the playoffs because they were bummed out early in the playoffs that the Bears were not in them. Or, not in them, you know. Because because the way the yeah, way it I, all happened, I, I feel like we, we one, all we all love football so much that people are going to watch football no matter. I what. I think there is one fan base that that has a legit gripe that could say this Super Bowl is right, not that, as enjoyable because the Saints are not. Oh, in it. certainly, and New that's Orleans. it. Right, that's it. Other than that, I think that every football fan should be because look, no one expected the Bears to be in this situation no, this didn't. year. So this situation was a this was a, a, a gift situation. Yeah, you had to take advantage of it while you were there. 
there, and they didn't. But ultimately, it doesn't make me care less about the Super Bowl. Okay. But I can understand it if you're in New Orleans or if you're a Saints fan and you're like, well, I can't watch this because we should be there. Well, there or was if, a- if the Rams win... Then it makes it even it makes it even worse. Allen Robinson said it, he was having a hard time getting over it. And, oh, well, you know, he played. Well, right. he, I know. Yeah, what I'm saying is, player. he said he did not watch the 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 first two weeks of the playoffs. Afterwards. I get that because you played after, like you thought losing. that you should have had a chance. You were right. in that uh, game. You as a player, you can look at the next few games and say we would have beat like we would have beat this team. Right. Not just fans saying ah they could have done it or we could have done it. Whatever you want to say. If you're playing. In the game, you can say, "I would have beaten that. Per- I would have beaten that defense." If you're Allen Robinson, I would have exploited that mismatch. I could have done that. I completely understand. I, I think you could also take a look at it and say, you know, if the Bears lost in a fashion that the Saints lost in, uh, I could see people saying, "Well, you know, we could have won the NFC <laughs> Championship game." Did. Well, no, we didn't. I mean, the Bears lost to a team on the road wild card weekend. Make Beat that go- team. Make Boom, a field you move goal. on. Like, a, you didn't get a blown call from a referee, and that's the reason no, you're not in the Super Bowl. True. Like, I mean, okay, if you want to live in a, a non realistic place, then I, I guess worry about that. But I, I don't view it that way, and I think, uh, I think you got to move on. Yeah. You gotta enjoy football. No, no I'm, I mean, uh, I'm sure. I just was asking because there are sometimes I'm, some Super Bowls I'm a little more geeked up for. Some people respect the Patriots and what they've been doing. Some people say I would much rather have seen Kansas City here. I, I yeah, didn't. Well, the matchup is different right. than saying you you prefer a better matchup is I think different than saying because my Bears lost Wild Card Weekend I'm not excited for the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, there, it's like, there are other people that are upset because they're getting tired of watching Tom Brady. Well, that's even fair. though right, even even Those are though the that, same people that don't like watching the Warriors because they're too good. You're watching you're watching the greatest quarterback of all time. Enjoy it because eventually he's going to retire and you won't get to watch this anymore. Right? I think it's like, special that the the Patriots are able to do things that you can't categorize in a stat right like they're so good at so many different little things that that end in a victory at the end of the game which it's like it seems obvious right that you should work the margins and be so perfect don't commit dumb penalties do this on special teams right. do all these different little things but the obvious doesn't happen with all football teams. No, and you get none. mistakes and all this different stuff, and that's how Tom Brady and Bill Belichick beat you. It's it's tough to look at the stat sheet and say, This is why they're so great. Because they find out how they find a way to win no matter how the game is dictated. They morph into something different, they take what you give them, and right. then they exploit it. And they do it each and every time, and it's no surprise that they win all these games because they're just flat out better at working a football game yes, they than are. you are. Yeah, and, you know, and they do it all the time, be it Brady, be it Belichick, be it Josh McDaniels, who, who the reason are. I think that those that threesome um, and what they've been able to do over the years has been absolutely amazing. Like, this could be Rob Gronkowski's last game, a, a, a generational-type player that we may never get to see play again because his body's just so beat down. Enjoy it. Enjoy, if the Rams win, enjoy the, enjoy the storylines of the next Belichick. Because like, right. that's all you're going to hear. Is the passing of the torch after if they win today? Oh yeah. So it's going. So this is a this is a great matchup. I also, I wanted I wanted the two other teams to be in it, but right. whatever. This is still a great matchup. We said you know two weeks ago when we were previewing the games that no matter what happens, we're still going to get a great matchup, and it looks like from all accounts we should be getting another very enjoyable Super Bowl. Yeah, it should be. There's there's no doubt about it. So I mean, five thirty kick. 
for the Patriots and the Rams. And uh, I've got a bunch of other notes here. I want uh, Stephon Gilmore on Brandon Cooks. Obviously, one of the keys. We we haven't broken down certain keys to the thing, but obviously, trying to shut down the, the Rams' passing game. We talk a lot about the uh, the secondary for the Rams, but the secondary for the Patriots doesn't get talked about that much. They, they it's going to be key for them because with with Cooks and with uh, Woods, they've got two guys that can get deep. They can go over the middle. They can move the ball, and they can. They're also guys with that jet sweep, which they used a lot early. Didn't use as much later in the season. They used a lot early, and um, those are guys that are going to be tested. And I, I'm eager to see what the Patriots' defense is going to be able to do and how they're going to be able to try and get to Jared Goff. And you talked about it earlier, and anybody gets a chance, and if you're on Twitter, check out what Matt Bowen did and the way he explained how the Patriots' defensive line has been able to get to the quarterbacks in the last couple of playoff games and what they do and the way they scheme to get to the quarterback. It's absolutely amazing. It's great stuff stuff and he he breaks it down and diagrams it as they do each and every week on the NFL matchup show and it'll be interesting to see how the play action plays into all that if if the Patriots are going to bite on play action because a lot of times with what the Rams are doing is what they're showing you is window dressing to set something up later it's not necessarily the jet sweep that's going to hurt you each and every time but that one time where they don't cover the jet sweep and and then you over pursue and then next thing you know on the backside you have Todd Gurley on a one-on-one matchup with a linebacker and he can make that guy miss and then spring it for 40 50 yards like that's what this is all about it's the cat and mouse game between Belichick and McVay and what go with the other matchup I'm looking for is the other side of that of Wade Phillips and how he brings his defense up against a, a Patriots team that's going to look to look to run the ball. We mentioned earlier they struggle to defend the run, but they made an adjustment in the postseason and and whether or not they're going to bite be able to bite against uh, play action because Tom Brady with play action is going to be able to kill them with with Edelman with Gronk with everybody. I mean they've got Tom Brady can throw it to to one of the three of us and make us into star wide receivers and i think that that's going to be a uh, an interesting matchup because yeah they're great up the, the 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 rams have great pieces all over their defense but their defense as a whole has struggled at times during the regular season they were 23rd against the rush they were 14th against the pass and they were 19th in total yards per game they were 20th in points per game allowed so they've they've struggled now in the playoffs they've been better they brought they've brought it together they've made adjustments so it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust to this uh to tom brady and what he's able to do with uh with all of the weapons at his disposal one of the guys that was in the super bowl a couple of years ago he had a chance and uh, unfortunately for him his team led a 28 to 3 lead get away but matt ryan of the uh, Atlanta Falcons was on with Golick and Wingo earlier this week. He talked about the Patriots offensive line, as you were discussing, against the Rams' D-line. He thinks that's the key to this game. I think the key to this game is is how the Patriots offensive line handles L.A.'s defensive line. Yep. And, and to me, that that's how it goes. The, the Patriots always do a great job of game planning and trying to take guys out of games. Um, it's increasingly difficult to do when you have your three and your shade or your shade and your three that are, are that talented. It's hard to take those interior guys out of games, no matter how much you double-team them or, or slide protections to them. Um, I'll, I'll be curious to see what their plan is to, to kind of neutralize those guys up front. Now, I heard somebody people earlier this week, and I they had to be kidding or just saying that it's impossible when they said that the Patriots are going to double-team 
Donald and double team Sue. Well, you can't do that. Right. You can only double team one of them. Uh, and, you know, the Bears, I think the Bears early this season when they played the Rams and showed that you can, you know, stop a guy like Aaron Donald, they did that. And they showed the rest of the league. And for a couple of weeks there, the Rams struggled a little bit. But then, as you mentioned, Chris, Adama Kong Sue, they get to the postseason, all of a sudden he decides he wants to play. Yeah, and he, he was playing well towards the end of the season, too. And it, it's something where you have both guys giving max effort and you can't block both of them. And then also you add in Dante Fowler coming off the yeah. edge and his ability to get after Brady, I think, is going to be a big deal in this game because if the Rams can get to Brady, we've seen in previous Super Bowls, we've seen in different game settings where Brady gets rattled. And no matter how cool and collective he is behind center, he can't handle when he has pressure around his feet and when he's getting hit. So, like, that's really what you're looking at in this contest because otherwise, if Brady can stand back there, pat the football, find the open man, move the ball, he's going to carve up the Rams' secondary. There's no doubt about that. He does that to everybody. But if you can rattle him, if you can get to him, it's going to be a big point in today's contest. Brady's thrown 90 passes this postseason and is yet to be sacked. And uh, uh, the their offensive line has a pass block win rate against the the Chiefs of 90. percent They're winning their matchups 90 percent of the time yeah. against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. That's that's a record. It's literally a record. It's unheard of to win that amount of times you're, you're hoping for like a 70 percent win rate they're they won 90 percent of their matchups and that's where most of the amazing things come in with the patriots is the patriots don't do it necessarily with first or second round offensive lineman picks okay they bring it they bring in trent brown from the 49ers they pick up guys and they put them all together and uh, you, you, they always seem to work so, I mean, the guys that you probably don't get enough credit, uh, you, everybody talks about Josh McDaniels and Belichick, but the offensive line coach over the last several years for the Patriots, they always seem to make it work. Who, no matter who they lose, they bring somebody in and they're able to figure it out. Let me give you guys some numbers. So uh, as we kind of sit here and kind of look at how this game will play out, first quarter scoring, right? Um, a lot of people, I think, think that the Patriots don't score a lot in the first quarters, especially because of the Super Bowl history. Right. Uh, in the eight games they play with Brady and Belichick, they scored three points in the first quarter. This season, points per game in the first quarter, the Patriots are second in the National Football League at 6.1 points in the first quarter. The Rams were fourth at 6.0. Uh, here's the big discrepancy. So in if we look at the second quarter, the Rams were first in the NFL in scoring 11 points per first Per second quarter, the Rams were third, 10. So they both score a lot of points in the second quarter. The third quarter is a difference. The Rams were the number one team in the NFL this year, scoring in the third quarter. The Patriots were 19th. So coming out of halftime this season, the Rams were great at scoring the football. After halftime, the Patriots were 19th. And in the fourth quarter, the Patriots were 6th. 7.4 points in the fourth quarter, and the Rams are 12. So the biggest discrepancy would be the third quarter. Who scores more in the third quarter might be the key to today's game because the Rams are the best in football scoring after the half. Huh. You wonder, is that adjustments? Is that them having the ball more often in the third quarter and, you know, making the the, uh, deferring and getting the ball to start the quarter and scoring off right off the bat? based on what they saw in the first half and how they can attack the opposition, it'd be interesting to take an even a deeper look into that. Yeah, because right. Because that, that, that's huge because 
correct me if I'm wrong, didn't the Bears have a hard time scoring in the third quarter last year or this past year? I can find out. You guys talk to each other for a second. I can, <laughs> yeah, I can let I think, you know. I thought the Bears had a hard time in the third quarter. I, I could be wrong, but I thought that was, a, that was a, a struggle for them. I know they gave up a lot of points in the fourth quarter. They were the worst fourth quarter defense in the league. Yeah, and that that, that was not good. Uh, but you're, I, you're looking for the third quarter for the Bears. Yeah, points third per game? quarter offense for the third Bears. Third quarter offense. The Bears were 16th in the NFL. So right in the middle. Right in the middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So not not awful, not great. But I was looking at uh, Brady stats uh, in these in his Super Bowls, and when they've been losing his complete. And now this has a lot to do with the defense playing, you know, playing back and coverage and whatnot. But his completion percentage goes up about fifteen points. His, uh, his when they when when the Patriots when are the losing? Patriots are losing. Okay. So like when they were when they were Coming losing against behind. the Falcons, right. you know. So his his completion percentage goes up. His yards per throw goes up. Like everything goes up. Like I said earlier, it's like he gets. He doesn't. He doesn't start playing until someone hits him in the face, right. or they're losing, and then he's like, "Oh, you made me bleed my own blood. I'm coming after you now." Like yeah. it, it's one of those things. Like his his cyborg mentality goes in, and he's just like we saw at the end of the game uh, against the against the Chiefs, how he was just he was money at the, the last drive, and then go and then in overtime, sure. like he was just perfect. It's like. He has to get into this this high leverage situation as if the playoffs weren't high leverage enough. He needs to be in this I'm about to lead a game winning drive mode for him to play at his best when and, and he does. And that's what makes him the quarterback that he is. That's what makes him so special. Well, and that's why you know in the regular season that's why you see what happened to the Patriots. They go to Tennessee and and the Titans kill them, yeah, crush them, completely outplay them, and you're like, ah, oh, maybe. Is this the year that the the Patriots are kind of falling off? And it's like, no, it's just he doesn't have that extra gear until it's necessary, which is why he's so great. Yeah, it is pretty amazing. Uh, We come back. We'll have a chance to talk with Yurko. We're getting Sylvie. And Tommy Waddle must have the apron on clean in house uh, because we're having a hard time reaching him as he's gearing up for his big bash a little bit later on today. It's Black Abdallah Hubner here in Chicago's Game Day on ESPN 1000. Chicago's Game Day, only on ESPN 1000 at ESPNChicago.com. Welcome back in. Final half hour. Black Abdallah Hubner here on ESPN 1000. And when you think football and you think ESPN, you think about this guy. Because he played the game. He was in the trenches. He, he knows about the defensive lines. He knows how to beat offensive lines. He's our guy, John Yurkovich. Yurko, how are you? More importantly, he's getting ready to watch the second half of Arsenal and Manchester. Yeah, he is. Yeah, I know. Uh, Abdallah's looking for another goal. That's yeah, all I can he's say. Be looking, uh, it looked like early on they were going to get three, and they uh, settled for one, and Arsenal comes back off a set piece and uh, victimizes Manchester City. But uh, Manchester City does look much the better side. <laughs> so so in the other in the other football today, uh, Super Bowl oh, fifty. Oh yeah, the, the Super Bowl. Yeah, that that Super Bowl game. Um, the line play. I mean, a lot of people talk. Uh, Tom Brady has not been sacked in these last two uh, playoff games. Then you've got Jared Goff. His offensive line's done a pretty good job. But you know, the Patriots are, are pretty good at getting to the quarterback. What do you see when it comes to line play? Which line do you think is going to take uh, the advantage? Has the better chance of dominating this game today? Well, I think the uh, defensive line for the L.A. Rams is a legitimate defensive line. They've played well against the run in the playoffs. Uh, I'm, you know, they, yeah, they have. they played well against the run in the playoffs, which goes opposite of what they did during the regular season. 
during the regular season, uh, they struggled against the run. So the L.A. Rams are playing pretty solid stuff defensively. New England's not going to allow you a chance to get to their quarterback. Everything's going to be quick. Everything's going to be fast. Everything's going to be frustrating. They're going to – and their running backs will probably touch the ball 30-some-odd times. Uh, Sony Michelle and James White. James White via the pass, Sony Michelle via the run. They're going to touch the ball 30 to 40 times. Uh, they're going to try to slow that pass rush down. And uh, they'll double-team, they'll slide protect, they'll make sure that number 99 is going to be uh, accounted for. Now, Aaron Donald had a couple of TFLs. He had no sacks, but he had a couple of TFLs. TFLs are still pretty good plays. What New England has done the best is they haven't had negative plays. And when you don't have negative plays, you're not putting yourself in third and 12. You're not putting yourself in second and 15. So as long as you can avoid the negative plays, you're going to be in pretty good shape. And that's what they've been able to do. And I think that's what New England's going to continue to do. As far as the, I don't know how New England does it defensively. I'm going to be honest with you. I couldn't name uh, the, the McCourties <laughs> yeah. and maybe Kyle Van Noy. And then after that, I've got to start going back to Vince Wolfork and Bruce uh, <laughs> Seymour and Ty Law. I, I don't know how they do what they do defensively. They just they formulate a game plan. They read, they react, they tackle well. That's what they do. Now, this is going to be a high-scoring affair. I've got this thing finishing 38-31 or 38-34. So... Uh, you know, both defenses look like they're going to be victimized, but there will be a defensive touchdown with that defensive touchdown playing a key role. Of the two quarterbacks, who do I think could get most rattled? I think that you could rattle Jared Goff. I don't think you're going to rattle Brady. And even if you do, kind of the way he was last year, he still finds a way to get things done. He still settles in, and he threw for 508 yards last year. But they got to him. They had him rattled a little bit last year. And he settled it down, and he got back to business again. And it's trying to put him in a chance to win. And it ended up getting that sack and the fumble at the end of the uh, at the end of the game last year, which nullified a chance for New England to go ahead and win the game. I just I look at the quality. I think the remembrance of of losing that Super Bowl last year is too big for New England. Um, they won't let the NFC team that's a little bit of an underdog come to surprise them like they did last year. So I just think all factors favor Belichick. Brady and the New England Patriots. Yurko, when we take a look at the Rams, they're so good in play action offensively. As a defensive player, how would you kind of look at a way to stop a team that's so good with play action? What are some keys that maybe the Patriots should use well, today to stop play action? Usually, down and distance kind of helps you a little bit, and uh, you know the personnel that they usually run in play action out of its two backs. So it's a regular personnel that they're usually going to run play action. Play action works when you run the ball. If they run the ball successfully, play action is going to be uh, tough on the New England Patriots because you've got to respect the run if they're running the ball. So what your key is to shut down the run and take away the play action. Uh, which running back for the Los Angeles is going to be more effective? Is it going to be the Todd Gurley that we saw uh, the week before in their first game, their divisional game, that ran the ball well and looked like uh, you know he was the superstar that he was? Or the ones again, the one against New Orleans that missed a couple of passes early, and looked like he was missing a blocking assignment, and all of a sudden found his way on the bench. C.J. Anderson was the guy that kickstarted their running game. So, how do you how do you do it? You stop the run. If you got a chance to stop the run, and you put him in predictable uh, down and distance situations and force them to go to three wide receiver, then I think uh, if you're going to run the play action pass, you can ignore the play action. I always say, uh, play the run through the pass. 
that's how you do it if you're controlling their run game. You can play the run through the pass. What has the Rams done to be better against the run? Whether it's, is it Gandamakan Sue actually caring now that it's well, the playoffs? I, I, have they brought yeah, more I, guys right. up? I think they got more interested. <laughs> I think that, I think maybe also that there was a better understanding of where people weren't fitting and how teams were trying to attack them. And this is what they're trying to do. And then, you know, some players are big headed. And some players are like, I'm going to do what I do because it's been successful for me and I don't care. And sometimes to be able to stop the run, you've got to sacrifice a little bit of the pass rush. You know, for me, the pass rush happens two ways. You're up, and that's when the sacks come. You're up uh, in the fourth quarter by 10 points. The other team has to pass the ball. You can pin your ears back and go after the quarterback. That's when sacks come. And obvious passing situations. That's when they come. You know, to sit here and to think that you're going to get a sack on first down is almost sometimes ridiculous. So you play in that situation, you play the run through the pass. You know, you play in the run, play in the run, and then you're defending the pass after that and trying to get to the quarterback. So um, I don't know if I answered your question about why they've been so good against the run, but I think they finally understand what the hell they're doing. And I think people have bought into the system where you've got to sacrifice a little bit. Yurko, we'll let you get back to the second half of uh, no, Man City. No, no, no. Give me more. I no. want more. Yeah, I, yeah, I, give I, him I, more, Frank. Give him more football. To, well, the only Come other on. thing I wanted to know is you said 38-34 or 38-31. So which one is it? i yeah. got to put it down here. It's a cover either well, way. It's New, England. it's New England. It's a cover either way, and it's an over either way. Okay, so, so it don't matter. One of the two. So yeah, four or one, it don't matter. Yeah, and I have none of those good numbers either, by the way. I'm hoping for missed extra points today. It was, speaking the, of missed extra points, is, is there going to be a two-point conversion made? Um, I would anticipate there being a two-point conversion. I would anticipate that there would be an attempt. Now, whether they convert or not is probably a different thing. But what I do, and I think it's the best bet on the board, uh, one plus 150, uh, roughing the passer. Plus 150, roughing the passer. That's a good one, too. What do you think? That's pretty good. I like that. I think that will be called. Yurko, um, something we were talking about earlier was this. It seems like on the stat sheet, the Patriots never have the best stats as you look at a matchup, but somehow Belichick and Brady know how to work the margins and know how to win a football game better than anyone else. I know that's obvious based on their win-loss record, but like they do everything the right way throughout a game to get an end result. Why do you think that is? How do they do that? Well, one of the most difficult uh, difficult things that you have, and it's a new coach always tries to do, is learning how to win. You know, that's that's the difficult thing in, in teaching a, a new group how to win, and it's the one thing that Nagy was successful at this year. Remember last year, there were a lot of close games, a lot of close games. The Bears were in this thing. Oh, the Bears were in it. The Bears were this. The Bears were that. Yeah, they, they were, but what couldn't they do? They didn't know how to win because they hadn't been there. Now you get a coach in there and you learn how to win. So what does that mean? That means you don't have penalties in the fourth quarter. That means you understand how many possessions there are in a game and how many possessions are left in the game. And when crunch time comes and when you have to absolutely start to convert. When you, know, when you can't do anything stupid. Emotions start flying high late in the game. Fatigue comes late in the game. People get tired late in the game. And when people get tired and they're fatigued, they do stupid things. And I think what Belichick has taught his guys over the course of time is how to manage their emotions, how to never panic, how to never to understand that they're never out of a game, ever. No matter what's happening, they're never out of a game because we've got this, this, and this. 
that's going to be available to us. So there's going to be opportunities for us to win the game. Belichick squads understand the game of football better than most squads understand the game of football. And he, he kind of ingrains it in him. He doesn't allow them not to know that this you know, is not possible, that this is the way things get done in the NFL. That's why he's got almost a 750 winning clip uh, during the regular season because he knows how to win games. I once saw him throw the ball 70-plus times against the Minnesota Vikings in the mid-'90s. Why? Because he said, I'm going to tire out John Randall. I'm going to tire out Henry Thomas. Uh, Chris Dolman, I believe, was still on the team, and Roy Barker. I'm going to make them rush to the point where, if you looked at the fourth quarter, the Minnesota Vikings couldn't even get off the ball. But that's what he did. He devised the game plan against that specific team with a tremendous pass rush to make sure come fourth quarter they wouldn't be worth crap on the field because he was going to physically exhaust them. Yerk, any extra note-taking needed today for your extra special five-hour show tomorrow to break it down? No, no note-taking whatsoever. I've already got it recorded here. I come back and watch it right afterwards in case I, I missed anything because I like to go watch with people Yeah, and, uh, in bars. And um, I, I'll have to sequester myself a little bit to really watch. People ask too many questions sometimes when you're in a bar. Right. I just said, it's the Super Bowl. It's the Super Bowl. Shut the hell up. <laughs> you want to talk to me? Talk to me during one of these stupid commercials. By the way, I promise you, Carmen and I will not cover one commercial tomorrow. You we will promise. not talk five hours about a commercial. Who gives a crap about the commercials? Nobody. Shot or no you shot. You want that kind of silly talk? Go listen to something else. That's right. Shot or no Love shot it. coming up Love around it. 945. Love it. <laughs> Yark, we appreciate it as always. Go back and watch it. Uh, right. Hey guys, sorry I wasn't there at ten fifteen either. You know, oh, I was uh, I was pre gaming for the soccer match. <laughs> it's all good, Yark. Hey, listen, the soccer start, right. starts early on Saturday and Sunday. We always know where you're at watching the games. That's right. That's okay, right. thanks, Yark. All right, boys. See John Yarkovich. And uh, he he uh, he likes a uh, Patriots in the over. Yeah, and uh, for people who don't know, uh, Cap's off tomorrow because he's in Mexico on vacation. So Carmen and Yurko will start at nine. They will do uh, their show as well. So they will be there from nine all the way to Waddle and Sylvia too. Uh, I so like- lots of football, and I agree with Yurko. Yeah. And as the producer of their show tomorrow, I will not be cutting highlights of commercials you will because not cut a commercial. I don't care either. Okay. Talk about the football. It's our last football game. This is America. I got I I had twenty eight twenty seven as a final score with the Patriots winning and I changed yeah. it to make it thirty five thirty one. So Patriots covering and going over. Um, I could be wrong. I rarely, if ever, make predictions, uh, but that's that's what I see in this one. And, and it would be, it would be fun to see that much scoring in a game like this. Abdal, what are you going with? I'm not going to give you an exact oh, score. All right, uh, but I will say the Patriots in the over. Pats in pa- the over. Patriots minus two and a half. Uh, in the over. Okay. That's what I like. Okay. I'll give you guys Rams 33 to 27. 33 27. So Rams. over. Yeah, I think I think the Rams are, are the better team. And uh, I don't like the hype of uh, the public being on the Patriots. So I'm going to take the points, the three that I'm getting at Bovada at the moment, and uh, ride with the team that I think is better. Oh, you're going to lay that much juice. Okay. Well, it's, it doesn't, it's, it's doesn't a lot matter. of juice, man. It doesn't matter if you win. No, it doesn't. Oh, there you go. There you go. Did you know uh, the people that are at the game that spent thousands of dollars for tickets can get hot dogs for only two bucks today? Yeah, they're keeping the concession prices the same as they do for all Falcon yeah. games. Mm-hmm. Last year in Minnesota, hot dogs were fifteen bucks. That's yeah. insane. Yeah, so you can you could buy you can buy seven hot dogs. No encased meat should be that expensive. I agree with you. 
That's why I like Wednesdays at uh, guaranteed rate. Dollar, dollar hot dogs? Dog. Dollar hot dogs. We dog had a friend day. that tried to do a, a dog an inning, and he got to the sixth. And well, you know what the it. tough part is? Finding, finding vendors... Or running no, you up just go. Them. You go buy them all at once, and then you bring like yeah. a, you get. You ask for a cup of water, and you cup, fill it up with mustard. Fill it up with mustard. Oh, no, he was yeah. dipping them. Yeah, he, oh, okay. he got to about uh, halfway through the sixth and had to tap out. I had to call him. As long as he wasn't dipping them in water. No, 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 okay, no. Okay, no. good. No good. mustard. Good because he's uh, he's not a competitive eater. No. Uh, either's our next guest. He's not a competitive eater either. It's, just an uh, eater. <laughs> it's Sylvie. Hey, Sylvie, what's going on? He's right. Abdal's right. I'm just an eater. <laughs> not, not a competitive eater. eater. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I take a lot of joy, and I'm going to eat a lot today. For good reason. It's, it's Super Bowl 53, Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, what do you think, of, when you look at this game, what are some of your keys to this contest? You know, it's, 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 so, it's so tough because... You know, the, you, you could throw a lot of the keys out the window because the Patriots have been such a good starting team this whole postseason, but then we know the history of the Patriots. They've scored three total points in uh, the first quarter of all of their Super Bowls. Um, you know, you, you look to the running game of the Rams. I would look and think that that's a key. Um, there are so many things, but then at times others go out the window, Fred. So, look, Goff's got to play well. He can't make mistakes like he did against the Bears if they're going to win. And, um, you know, when, when Brady plays great, and I feel like they're back to the basics, using all of their running backs and using the targets that, that Brady's confident in. So I gave you a zero answer there. <laughs> I just kind of skimmed the surface. Yes. But you did, uh, but real quickly, you did say one thing. If Goff turns and throws the ball and throws four interceptions, the, this game will not be close, okay? The Patriots right. will take advantage it, of it. It's funny because, you know, I, I watched the Rams' first playoff win against the Cowboys with Waddle this this year. And, you know, we were watching Goff, and we're both like, oh, we think Mitch is better than Goff. And, you know, they're similar, but Mitch is more athletic. But then, like, all of a sudden in the second half, Goff started making throws. Same thing last week where, you know, it looked like the Saints were going to get him. And then all of a sudden, Goff played good football. They were right back in the, the game. And the defense is starting to live up to it. So, yeah, I think if Goff plays like he's played the last couple of games, I think this is going down to the wire in yet another really close Super Bowl. Sylvie, so, how do you think the Rams will come out offensively? Will they be aggressive or conservative in this matchup? It's a great question, Chris. I mean, um, you you would think McVeigh by nature would be more aggressive, but like I, like I just said, they were they were a slow starting team against the Cowboys, uh, and they were a slow starting team uh, against the Saints. And you know what Belichick does best? He takes what he feels is your best weapon, whether that's the run game. He took Tariq Cohn away when when the Bears played them here. So, you know, I'm going to say that they, they get off to a slow start again. I'm, it's, what, Abdal, do you like the first half under again? That's like, normally your play, isn't I like it? the first quarter under. Okay. Because uh, the, I because can ride with that. The history of the, of the uh, Patriots starting slow in Super Bowls and then the, uh, the Rams wanting to control the clock with the run game. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm with Abdal on that, Chris. Okay. 
Uh, I would. I could answer your, this question for you because I could just go through our text messages. But where's your money going today? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Abdallah was my guy yesterday. I was bugging the heck out of him. But as always, I'm a quick pay guy. Yes. That you don't have to chase me down for money. Like I'm literally quick pay on the app. I'm not so, the same, um, so don't expect your money back. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, if you win, you're not getting it. <laughs> don't start, Meller, 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 uh, Meller, and I from last month. But, um, <laughs> But, um, you know, I'm all over the board, sort of. Like, I'm picking the Patriots, but yet I'm taking – like, I feel like the the best value is with Rams players for the MVP. Because if they win, you can totally see a scenario where Goff isn't their best player. And when the Patriots win, generally Tom Brady's the MVP. So I stayed away from Patriots MVP guys. I hit both running backs. I hit Aaron Donald. I played like a really small, long shot on Zerline. I know no kickers ever won it. Um, but on first to score, I did hit a couple of Patriots. I've got Gronk first to score. My wife won a bat. And I took, uh, for long shot odds, Cordero Patterson. And you, we know what he did here on the lake front. So if he can run one back or if he goes deep, those are some of the, some of the bets that I put down today. One of the conversations that came up during the week, Sylvie, was if, if in fact, the Rams win the coin toss, should they take the ball or give it to Tom Brady and defer because Brady has uh, shown in this postseason how they just slowly but surely move the ball downfield and score and kind of take the air out of the other team. What are your thoughts? You know, this is the analytic debate where most people say you should defer, but I kind of equate it, Fred, to how you always talk about running the ball out of the end zone. If you can, if you're fielding that football a couple yards in the end zone, you take a knee, you get the sure thing, and and get the ball in the 25. For me, for me, my philosophy has always been as good as the Bears' defense is. When I'm, especially when I'm playing the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, or in this case, I'm going up against Tom Brady. And I know the way the Patriots have played in the last couple of weeks. The 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 further away from the start of the game that Tom Brady gets the ball, the better. So I've always I've always been of the belief that you don't want to just give Tom Brady the ball and get in a rhythm. The quicker your offense gets into a rhythm, the better. Again, I'm an analytical guy. I usually always follow the numbers. But in this situation, I've just always been of the belief don't let the great offensive player get on a roll, and the sooner your offense could get on a roll, the better. So, yes, I would not give the ball to the Patriots. I would take it, Fred. Okay, one more time. What was your final score? It's 29-24, Patriots. So I have them covering. The JD score. Oh, is it? Yes, exactly. The nine, yeah. Yeah, we... We know a two-point conversion can figure in a safety, missed extra point. Something could happen where you get these odd scores these days. So I like going. I like following JD on that. Uh, Darren Ravel just had a question that uh, he had put up. I guess he put it up uh, earlier today as we let you go. Which day do you consume the most calories? Uh, I think he had Thanksgiving, Christmas, a Fourth of July, or Super Bowl Sunday. That's a good question. Today, today, <laughs> Super Bowl today Sunday. Okay. Yeah, I think the turkey, I eat a ton of turkey, and I usually go dessert, but today it's like a constant eat fest. And I, I'm not a big drinker on Thanksgiving because I'm so full, but today I'm a huge drinker. So, like I said on the show, Freddie, I'm going to make myself a, a Bloody Mary when I walk into Waddles. Uh, I'm going to go to the beer. I may go to the liquor later, and I'm just consuming food all day. And my wife made her famous cookie dough cookies. So, I'm all in today.
2,000 calories. <laughs> and, and, and you'll be here tomorrow to break it all down. You got it. A little hungover for sure. <laughs> Sylvie, thanks. Have fun. All right, boys. We'll see you later. See you, Sylvie. Uh, Sylvie's got, uh, you got, we have to enlarge the door a little bit. He's eating and drinking all day long. I mean, as you should on Super Bowl Sunday. I mean, that's what it's all about. And I think the other thing about eating and consuming so many calories is that usually in the Super Bowl, you have all these different type of foods. Oh, yeah. Where like Thanksgiving, it's it's the traditional fare. Yeah. But at the Super Bowl, you could get barbecue, everything. you could get pizza, you could get this, Rings, you get candy, you all get this. Portillo's. Yeah, of yeah. course. Oh, yeah, there's the all kinds of food. I stopped so. at Portillo's last night, and it was, it, was a, it was a varied menu of Portillo's. I got a beef sandwich for myself and a tamale. Nobody gets tamales, at the, yeah. but they're very good at Portillo's. And my wife had the chopped chicken salad yeah. and a minestrone soup and, of course, a piece of the chocolate cake. So you guys spray to all fields yeah, there. Uh, and a piece of the chocolate cake. You got it all. Yeah. You know, Waddle was talking it. about getting uh, the sh- like mini cake shakes. And if that's okay. if that's that's, there, so that's high level. If that's there, I mean, it's it's over. Let me just tell you that. Their strawberry shakes are out of this world. Oof. Yeah, there's a Portillo's by me, and I I frequent it. Is there so so the thing I always notice is no matter what I get, spring to which field at Portillo's, I always have to add one item that that no matter what <laughs> takes place, it has to be added. The onion rings. Oh, the onion rings. Their yeah. onion rings are better than anyone else's onion rings. So yeah, no matter what, yeah. even if I'm doing the chopped salad, which is fantastic. Yeah, mm-hmm. Chopped salad and onion rings? Yeah, because yeah. you eat the onion rings on the drive back home. That's and then, usually why and I your wife doesn't to, know that you ordered onion rings. You ordered two, and then you just say, like, no, they're, they're, yeah, they're, 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 they're all there. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm going to have to do that next time. I haven't had their onion rings. I'll have to do that. Yeah. They're, Fred, they're good. Okay. Uh, I, we got everybody's picks, so we're all set. Unless Felix. Yeah. Felix, you've been here all day long. What's your pick real quick? Uh, I'm picking the the actually I'm picking the Rams to beat the Patriots today. It's going to be a close one, twenty three twenty. Oh, okay. so you got the Rams and the under, under right? Oh, you're that guy. Okay, cool. The yep. under guy. All right. Rams All right. and under. So Cap win. Uh, Rams thirty eight twenty four. He has a two touchdown victory for yeah. the Rams. Uh, Carmen has twenty seven twenty four Patriots. So much. Uh, Jonathan Hood <laughs> has the Patriots winning twenty seven twenty. Yurko has the Patriots winning thirty eight to thirty four or thirty one. He gave both scores. Uh, Sylvie is giving us uh, twenty nine twenty four Patriots. Abdal's picking the over in the Patriots. He did, refused to give us an actual number. Doesn't want to participate. No, you don't care what numbers are. 35 to 41. 35 31 Patriots. And I'm going Rams 33 to 27. Yeah. So there you go. That's a lot of of picks. And the final will be 16 10. Yeah. Yeah. 16 10. We all picked it over and it'll be 3 to nothing. And welcome to sports media because none of those matter tomorrow. Right. Yeah. Who who will reference this tomorrow? Nobody. And tomorrow (laughs) it will be, uh, it'll be Carmen and Yurko filling in for Cap. They'll be here from 9 until 2. Waddle and Sylvie to follow. And then I'll be here with Jeff Meller tomorrow night to, uh, you know, maybe we'll break down commercials since you're not going to. Please don't. So maybe we'll do that. Maybe we'll break down the commercials. Yeah, we will will definitely talk football. Thanks a lot for jumping on in. For Black Abdallah, I'm Fred Huebner. Thanks for listening on ESPN 1000.